0: Whatever life holds in store for me, I will never forget these words. With great power comes great responsibility. This is my gift, my curse. Who am I? I'm Spider-Man.
1: Welcome, 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 welcome to the podcast that does, I think, what it says in the tin. It's best film ever. My name's Ian. And that is it. Uh, welcome to what's going to be a bit of an interesting first 15 minutes or so. Uh, everybody else is absent for a variety of reasons. Georgia is away. On a work due, Ethan has just contracted COVID, and Liam is a last-minute cancellation due to a bit of a workplace injury. And I, uh, I, I think he's fine. I don't think there's any where we're not any any. Uh, there's no memorial episode to Liam. I don't think happening anytime soon. But it does mean that for the next few minutes, you are here with me and me alone. We do have some special guests behind doors number one. Two and three. But as we sit here right now, I didn't think it was fair to make them sit here through uh, the usual stuff that we would do as the group. So I'm going to go ahead and rock on through our usual preamble. But yeah, Liam always says that I could do this solo. I'm not sure I'm feeling it. If you're listening and you haven't hung up now because more than likely your favorite is not here today, please join me and help me struggle through these opening 20 ultimately 20 will it i'm gonna if i can get out of here in tennis let's see i've got 130 something on my timer i'm gonna try and keep it less than 12 let's see how we do shall we so first off we charted this week here in uh it was in america in great britain in australia in norway denmark the netherlands number 40 south korea number 42 we were in canada I hope some of you did that on my behalf, wherever you were, in Nigeria, number 41, in Ghana, number 23, in Qatar, number 29, and number five, thanks for leaving the light on, it's Sierra Leone. My next note says no Georgia today. We know how that worked out. No, everybody else today. Hopefully, uh, people had a chance to listen to last week's episode, uh, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. Uh, Actually, you know what? It was a lot of fun to do Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. Uh, I think I enjoyed the recording more than I enjoyed the movie. Uh, there's lots of good stuff I was able to harvest. That was a lot of fun. Uh, on that note, too, so was our Batman Real Roundtable, if you haven't had a chance to do that. We did Dancing in the Moon Knight, episode three. Uh, who do you think you are? Uh, Ethan and I dropped the Time of the Doctor, Matt Smith's final episode, and our first glimpse at the glorious eyebrows. Of Peter Capaldi we did a mailbag and uh, we've had some feedback on the mailbag and that's always good to uh, to receive and uh, we've got coming up this Friday BFE quiz night an interim champion must be named because Danny from it's a musical feeling a bit poorly and uh, has to take a bit of a extended break maybe sounds too heavy don't know how long it's going to be but a little bit of a break from his pod and uh, he got in contact with me and we wish him nothing but the best and if you're listening out there buddy uh, get in contact with me let me know how it's all going um, for our Patreon, if you're going, what's the next real roundtable, Ian? Uh, it's going to either be Bruce Willis or Nick Cage, and we're leaving that up to our Patreon backers. I was hoping to have an update, but George is the Patreon, and George is not here. But speaking of the Patreon, we've got to say the biggest thank yous go out to our Patreon backers. And they are Reverend Bruce, Juline, 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 a uh, Hermes. Lena Oberholzer, Katie McCrae Ian Davie's making it so Chris Peterson Randall what'sher Handel Silva Dwayne Smith Dwayne Smith I gotta do both this is this is this is ridiculous uh, I gotta do, talk about the Meister, Nate the Great, and it's a and welcome 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 welcome, welcome to cheesy. With a fish on a bite getting into the Patreon pool. And if you're sitting there going, how can I help support the pod? I want to be on that list of names. I want to help pick the next real roundtable. I want to have my vote heard every, well, Tuesday when we release, every Sunday when you guys record, patreon.com slash BFE helps you keep this pod on the air. I promise we haven't gotten a big fight and they've all walked out on me. I promise we're coming back. But um for three pounds a month that's less than five us dollars by most recent transaction um you can help keep the lights on here at the studio of awesomeness and uh and 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 help support a show that tries to put out two to three to four some weeks. Jeez, we get to five every week. And it feels a shame that no one's here to celebrate because we had our greatest single day in the history of the pod this week, and we had our greatest single week in the history of the pod this week. And not necessarily specific to to Harry Potter, though it's done well. Um, We had as many downloads in one day as we did our first four months of the pod combined. I think, and then our for, we had our best uh, our week was as many as our first five months on the pod combined. so uh, things are going very well. We're hoping April will be our best calendar month that we've ever had, and um, the pace is looking, it's looking like December of 2021 currently holds that record. Help us out. Tell tell your friends about BFE. see if we can't break through that record. This month. All right, now it's time to hit a button. I don't care if they hear or not, we're still doing it. We got some reflections and corrections.
0: There's a mistake I think I made.
1: And the first one goes out to Ethan. I know he's listening. So, Ethan, it was not Brendan Gleason as the cat in gridlock, it was Ardle O'Hanlon. And that came to us from the uh, Wise Mind of Anthony and Davies. And then one which is not a mistake, so there's not a mistake that I didn't make. When we were talking about the uh, back-to-back-to-back, etc. cetera, uh, films of Harry Potter, I kind of riffed it without counting, so I think that's eight. Ethan went, oh, I think that was nine. Ethan, you are wrong on that one. It was eight, so actually...
0: There's a mistake, think of
1: so there we go. Hashtag Ian is always right. Get ready to hear that. It's going to come up a few times in the shout outs. Uh, we have something from Cheesy with a fish on a bike. Says, personally, I think that, um, oh, this is about Moon Knight, is the best Marvel Disney Plus series so far. I was thinking how fun, funnily ironic it would have been if you hadn't done a series on it. And we have. And episode four was a massive episode. And I'm dying to share my thoughts. And Anything got COVID. We were supposed to record l- this morning uh, as I currently sit here and uh, uh, unable. He's coughing. It would have been a terrible episode. Uh, so we may end up doing something similar to what we did with episode two and three, where we dropped them day after day. We might do that for four and five, but we have a lot to say. Well, I have a lot to say about episode four which had quite the final 10 minutes of it so uh looking forward to that get well soon ethan for all the reasons but moon knight is among them uh, then we've also got something here from Russell, the postie. Hey, 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 Mr. Postman, saying, fascinated to, listen to hear, sorry, fascinated to listen to hear you. That's what you wrote. It's not what I said. Fascinated to listen to hear you talking about the churches being upset with Harry Potter story. I've just remembered that a few years ago when my daughter was heavily into the books, we went into the toy store, the entertainer, to get her some Harry Potter toys. We couldn't find them on the shelves. I asked the guy behind the counter where the Potter section was, And he said they didn't sell any because the founder of the store were Christians. Joining on board with that, we have Ian Davies saying, great to hear Reverend Bruce and his daughter Bonnie at the end. I remember the entertainer, a toy shop, wasn't selling any Harry Potter toys as the owner is very religious. They did have lots of Star Wars though, dot, dot, dot. Uh, Reverend Bruce says, Katie and I have seen similar things since no one seems able to agree about anything in America. This is yet another one of those matters where we simply charitably agree to disagree. They say that they do this with most things in America. I'm, I'm glad to hear so much positive feedback. I really wasn't sure when I threw that in there. That's why I did, as a post credit scene, I went, will the people be interested in this? If we start talking about religion and religious interpretation, is that going to be a turnoff for people here on the, uh, on the pod? So I sort of heavily tried to per- sort of, you know, protect that and go, if you want out, Here's your warning. Get out. But we're going to have a bit of a conversation. The fact that people seem to have been interested by it, uh, I'm glad. I'm glad. It's kind of why I wanted to bring it to the table. Uh, Hermes says Harry Potter as Star Wars. He said he always thought he was crazy for making that comparison. And as certain fan bases can get pretty emotional regarding their franchise, he mostly kept that theory to himself. Hashtag Ian is always right and then we've got one for from thomas capolone who hasn't corrected me on the pronunciation so i'm guessing i'm right who says ian's voldemort voice just made my day i'm dying if you're going what voice is that it was this voice if i'm a slytherin i totally hate harry potter Yep. Because like you've won the house cup. There's green banners everywhere. Yeah, like yeah. Dumbledore's an Dumbledore's an ass here. Yeah. He lets them decorate it. He yeah. says, Come on in, sit down, eat.
0: He goes, Oh by the way. <laughs> <good>. I <I've> decided <laughs> he to award. more unfoldable. Ho it
1: is Harry Potter.
0: Harry Potter. <laughs> the boy who lived. The boy who lived. Come to die. Come to die. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: i <laughs> that was that one there and he said yeah the, the, the voice just made his day he's dying well thank you for the, i was going for dumbledore at the start but uh where that ended up going uh i'm gonna try and pull that one out of parties now uh then we've got some shout outs josh from your next favorite movie eggs, thank you very much dan mackalts for trolling me uh referred there was a, a little tiktok video that i was sharing saying i hope this isn't anything like me he said this is peak ian and i just want to say that peak dan mackalts is uh, not paying someone twenty dollars when you owe them that on a bet, hashtag CM Punk, hashtag Ian is always right. Uh, wait till he hears what we're doing next week. Uh, Hermes had my back though. Many thanks, brother. Uh, Dan referred to that as the cult, hashtag Cult of Ian. I don't think it's a cult whatsoever to say that someone's always right. If indeed they are always right, um, little little thing. I don't know. I don't know what to make of this. I'm gonna go ahead and share it. I was hoping to have people around the table. To talk about it, I'm still going to share it. So here we go. A uh, little little account called Bargain Gamer. I had some in, in some um, interaction with. I'd love to say this week, but really this goes back to February 17th. I was part like many people. I was trying to get a PS5. Here we go. A little bit of almost like an impromptu mailbag. I was trying to get a PlayStation 5. And so I signed up for one of those uh, to follow one of those Twitter accounts that was like telling you like where it was dropping. We've just had word it's dropped in Curry's get in now. And this guy called Bargain Gamer um decided that uh, he was going to go on a bit of a tantrum. What's the point of these groups? I can't. I, it's already sold out. This is stupid. Why am I bothering with all these updates if you can't guarantee me entitlement, 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 Wham, wham, wham. You get where I'm going with this. I was at Uh, 10.04 a.m., February 17th at 10.04 a.m., February 17th at 11.01 a.m. I said, well, I guess you could always go at it blind, but how's that working for you? And I left that alone and didn't think anything of it. And then eventually there was a follow-up message from that same person saying, really well, I'm playing it now. And put a picture of their uh, PlayStation 5 and the game they were playing on their TV. And that came to me at April 18th at 11.33 p.m. So I'm sitting here going, I don't know which part of this uh, tickled me more, the idea that he was, that, 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 that something I said, that he was like, I'm going to get back at that guy. I'm going to let him know when I get a PlayStation 5. Or the fact that after two months, he, he thought I had any clue what was going on. I was sitting there and I asked him this. I actually went, I don't know what the deal is. Uh, and, he, and he hasn't followed up on that. I'm waiting two months for when this continues. This is the kind of stuff you get when you run a Twitter account for the BFE. Uh, julene from it goes down in the p.m uh, thanks for every support and check out her pod also on youtube it's a musical podcast like we said get well soon danny being bookish formerly nbc but not nbc anymore but uh, definitely give ray a listen if you're into books whatsoever uh, she is fantastic Vern from cinema recall for the love uh, so wizard podcast for the love shoot the flick for the love the Comfortable Spot Podcast gave us some love on the, Unchant- uh, sorry, on the Uncharted episode. Thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate that. Nate the Great says, just finished my first full watch through of Django Unchained, and I have so much more appreciation of your episode on it. I've just seen bits of it before. It cemented my love for Tarantino movies and everything he's created in his filmography. And he goes on to say, also, what a wonderful and informative mailbag episode. I love how all your styles and perspectives are so different and fun to listen to. Love you all. Hashtag team Georgia. Hashtag Pfeiffer admirer. Hashtag Ethan is awesome. Hashtag Ian is always right. Which I think because of the, you know, because of the adverb always, I think that means that it overpowers the ever three. I do. He roots for Georgia, understands Liam's affections, Builds up Ethan, but says the one that trumps them all. One ring to rule them all. One hashtag to rule them all. Ian is always right. Excellent. And then we've got uh, Ian Davies, who says, totally agree with Ian. That one will be me. The best podcasts have good relationships between the hosts. I've stopped listening to podcasts I'm interested in if I don't connect with the hosts. With you guys, it feels like I'm sat in the room with you hanging out. Uh, Hermes jumped in, said he had nothing else to add except for the truth. And the truth is Georgia has the best Batman voice. Da-da, da-da, da-da. But I have the best Baltimore voice, so I'm going to claim that. Lots of nightmare love. Russell LaPoste says he also loved the, um, the program in his youth, uh, as did Ian Davies, as did Dwayne Smith. And then some Nightmare UK fan account got in touch. And let, they let me, I'm t- two hours in, just getting to your nightmare stuff. So I, I, I love nightmare. I was a big fan of it. I even went back and watched some old clips this week just to remember. Um Bless them. They, they went all in on it. The adults, the kids are awkward as all could be, but uh very impressed with um the, it was nostalgia and nostalgia run up it's good as long as it's not run amok and it was not run amok at all um, Hermes did take an issue I think I must have talked some smack about War of the worlds it's not a great movie buddy there we go HG he asked to take HG Wells's name out of my mouth I don't know I, I don't know um all right so random word gif of the week uh the word was chess we had a whole bunch of contenders uh i'll be thank you to josh russell ian davies hermes chris peterson nate the great i don't know where yours was from buddy uh julene uh yeet uh cheesy with a fish on a bike but uh, I'm gonna go three, two, one on this one. My bronze medal, my bronze medal went to Russell the Posty for doing a Matt Hardy WWE. I was like, no, no one's topping that, and then two people did. My silver medal goes to, I'm trying to see who did it. Oh, I really should. Hermes for Phoebe's made up checkers chess hybrid gif. But the winner, without question, Julene, for bringing in a clip from Forgetting Sarah Marshall where, um, oh, what was his name? Um, oh, my word. This is embarrassing. All the snow. And Jack McBrayer from from Thirty Rock are using chess pieces as sexual aids. That's A I D E S, just for clarity. I uh, really enjoyed that. Ayit uh, says, fun fact: I played chess with my college roommate for four of my five years there. I have only one. I have. He's only won once, and that was in his fourth year. It's one of those things he enjoys, but is not good at. See, I can't do that. I can't. I'm either good at something and I like it, but if I'm not good at something, I get very frustrated. I go, this is stupid, and I don't do it again. <laughs> see cross-country skiing, see skateboarding, see first-person shooters. Uh, Russell Osborne says, One last comment for now. He can't wait for next week. because Sam Raimi is one of his favorite directors. And uh, I got to admit, uh, my, my Sam Raimi knowledge isn't as high as some, but I definitely know. Um, I definitely, definitely know when. Um, oh, look at this! Getting a little bit distracted here, trying to multitask. I definitely know when uh, you are talking about your favorite directors because the BFE is about to be joined by one of its favorite directors. I put out the bat sim- signal symbol signal i put out the bat signal into the sky i said in case of emergency break glass and that provided for us um the opportunity for um oh i'm looking for this here what do i do here if i do that does that yes yes i will do that sorry for a little bit of me directing traffic here but that is going to allow us To be joined by friend of the BFE, director, writer of Northwood Pie. He was on with us to talk about that. He was on with us to talk about Forrest Gump. But in a few seconds, we are going to be very glad to be joined by writer, director, independent filmmaker at large, Jay Salahi. So just waiting for uh, Jay to show up into the room. Uh, so while that's going on, I will say, I will say that uh, we the, the doors are open for uh, our next quiz night. If you're interested, I know Julene's going to be there. I know Ed from the Film Effect podcast is going to be there. I know that uh, Danny, health permitting, will be there that leaves me two spots people who i don't know will be there if you were not on the last episode and you are interested you want to join in on the quizzing fun if you want to prove yourself a sultan of cinema a pharaoh of film i'm doing all this off the top of my head folks get a hold of us on the twitter at best film ever pod also have an instagram account also have a facebook account you can get a hold of us at uh, BestFilmForPod at gmail.com. All these things are options to get a hold of us and get in contact with us, but uh, that would be splendiferous. And I think if that's hello? right, I can go ahead and uh, we'll do this.
2: Enter, hello, hello, stranger.
1: All right. I think we're joined right now by Jay Salahi. Jay, can you hear me okay?
2: Hey, yeah, I can hear you. Excellent. Excellent. It's been it's been a minute, as the kids would say. How have you been? I've been pretty good. Uh, just, you know, living life, doing the same old same, working on the next movie.
1: <laughs> hey, so, you know, uh, is there anything that you're uh, able to tell us about this next movie?
2: Um, I'm starting shooting in next January, so a little ways away okay. in pre-production, doing a little short in June, a little test for it. And it's more in uh, a horror film vein. And I've raised, uh, so far, triple the money I had for Northwood Pie. So still low budget, but I think by the time I start shooting, I'll have a decent amount more.
1: Hey, that's great. Yeah. So um, Northwood Pie, how's that? Is, is that still ticking along? How does that work? Do you get, like, updates, like, monthly from Amazon and the, and the distributors about how that's doing? Or do you have to log in? How does it work from your side been independent filmmaker on that, on that perspective?
2: Yeah, you know, as an indie filmmaker, I had a bunch of different companies to pick from and I had to choose which small distributor to choose. And the the one I chose, basically, I get about 75%, they get 25%. So um, per hour viewed, and this is how all streaming works, you know, they get paid out kind of per hour of content viewed, you get a percent back. So of that percent back, I get 75%, they get 25%. Or if you buy or rent it, what happens through like Amazon is they take like a 25% cut off the top and then of that next 75%. I get seventy five percent. Someone else
1: gets twenty. Oh, that's what we did over here. We we we. I forgot if we bought it or if we rented it. But yeah, we we were like the one region which wasn't covered. Yeah, <laughs> as yeah, long that is, would have it.
2: That is still the same way in the UK. It is only by rent.
1: No, oh, I think I've ever so slightly lost people, so I'm going to keep talking here just for a moment uh there we go yeah my usb disconnected for just the slightest of seconds uh i realize that oh am i still oh, i've lost my video feed this is the joy of recording live to tape i suppose jay can you still hear me yes okay great now i'm going be seen and all that stuff all right so i'm uh, very excited to have you here to talk about spider-man we've got a couple of people who will be joining us i'm gonna unmute uh guest number one in just one he's not gonna get this reference but people at home might enter
2: stranger
1: so stranger number one guest number one a bff of the bfe uh from the scuttlebutt podcast we've got uh the the enigma himself hermes how you doing buddy good good how are you guys doing i'm good i was praying your audio levels would be fine and they were so that's good we don't have to do any tweaking during the process uh jay you haven't met hermes before uh hermes is kind of incognito so despite the video camera <laughs> we never see his face so just uh that, that, that's about that. So don't expect to be able to uh, read <laughs> what's occurring there. So, yeah, I was explaining before you guys got on that uh Georgia, Liam, and Ethan are all off this week. Georgia, we, I knew about by midweek. Uh, Ethan, I knew about yesterday. No, I knew about him this morning and you found out about Liam an hour after that. So they've all had Ethan got, Ethan got the COVID. Liam's, uh, Liam's cut his finger, I think. And, uh, not, and maybe not, not in a small way. So I think he's going to get that looked at. And George has just had some work function, but we have not fallen out. The BFE is not, not on rocky times or anything like that. It's just, uh, one of those things where if it could happen this week, it, it, it seems to have happened this week. So I want to thank Hermes for stepping up when I went to the Patreon top tier and said who's available to sort of sit here and talk for a bit. Hermes uh, sent me a little image of himself actually watching the fit well not himself, because <laughs> that would ruin the gimmick, but of his TV screen going off with Spider-Man on it. So that's excellent.
0: Yes sir. Show must go on.
1: The show must go on. I just spent the first twenty 20- I've never done the bit talking to myself. It's really difficult. I feel like I'm better bouncing off people. And uh for for to not have Liam and to not have George and does not have Ethan. It was really difficult just doing almost like a monologue. I don't know how Stephen, well, Stephen Colbert, he, he <laughs> plays off his band, doesn't he? I mean, stuff like that. Yeah. They might not talk, but you can at least play off them. It's really weird what just talking to a microphone.
2: Pardon me? <laughs> I said what you do is harder.
1: Trust
2: <laughs> <me>. <laughs> um, but I do want to say I miss them. It's sad I didn't get to see their, them, their faces again and talk to them. And I hope I could see them next time.
1: They're not here. You don't have to lie.
2: they They don't even listen to episodes they're not on right liam
1: Liam always listens to episodes he's not on he doesn't listen to the ones he is on which i respect but he 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 does he always listens to ones when he's not on i think uh he always goes oh you guys always sound so good without me like you're not leaving it's not happening so uh such is uh there but yeah we we did have jay in in the counter we still do we'll hold that one close to the vest a little bit but we do have Jay coming back for a film later on. Actually, not in the, in the not-too-distant future. So, uh, But it was always this idea. I said, I got a hold of you, I think, right after New Year's, and went, I really want to have you again uh, on soon. And then nothing. It was like radio silence from me. So uh, apologies for that. But then when this happened, but when I knew midweek, I was like, okay, I can, I have time to get a hold of him and let him know. So he could theoretically watch the movie if he had time to, or not, because I asked how well do you know of his film? And you actually had quite the, uh, Genesis story of that. You want to share a little bit, Jay, about your, your personal history with Spider-Man.
2: Yeah, I shall. Um, So first off, I did not have a chance to rewatch, unfortunately. However, I have seen the film eight times in the past eight years. So I'm very well versed on it. And I've seen it over 50 times in my life, probably because I grew up with it. Wow. Um, So I I have the runtime down. I know the film by heart. Like, so I do know the film very well. Hermes, Um, I think
1: this means we got to make up a couple of things and see if he's able to call us out when we've added fraudulent material. Okay, I'm game for that. There we are. All right, we'll see what we can do here.
2: You guys watched it recently. You guys should be pretty well versed. You guys may oh, know a couple a better than me, possibly. I literally watched it,
1: took my notes, and then printed them off and turned on the microphone. Like I just watched this thing. <laughs> oh, so, you're fresh.
2: I am fresh. It's good. We got a little different uh, range of how long we've seen it apart from each other.
0: Yeah. Uh, Hermes, how about you? I just finished watching it, maybe within the last. Thirty-five minutes between now and then. I was just watching it while it's waiting. What about your uh,
1: personal history with it? Have you got you know? Is this something that you you had sort of grow, growing up? Was it in the uh,
0: the old heavy rotation? Absolutely. Uh, I wouldn't say heavy rotation. Uh, when it first came out, it was you know I went to theaters. It was the first you know Spider-Man movie. I I used to have a VHS of the old TV show. I want to say or maybe like the nineteen. 19- 40s, 50s, somewhere around there, um, the um, version of the film, you know, where they just turn the camera sideways to show him walking on the walls kind of thing. And (laughs) I loved it. I watched that on repeat when I was, you know, very, very young. So when this was coming out, I, I was, I was beyond excited. So I went to the theaters, I watched it. It was the coolest thing I'd ever seen. It, you know, changed superhero movies as far as I was concerned. I wasn't a big Blade fan or anything like that. My parents didn't let me watch that. So this was the first, you know, Marvel superhero. Cinematic experience for me. And Jay, I think you said, like, you, you, yeah. saw, you saw this in the cinema as well, right?
2: Yeah, I was nine years old. I remember waiting in line two hours around the block with my dad. And it was probably wow. you know, the most, uh, the strongest, you know, most uh, strongest memory I have of going to the movie theater as a kid. I mean, around the blocks, first time I really rem- remember waiting that long. The theater manager gave a big speech before about the movie and how great it was. And being nine years old and just having. <laughs> Just it was so funny. Like when he gives that the spoiler in the movie, obviously. But when he Tobey <laughs> Maguire gives the narration. But like when it ends with him giving the narration, I remember seeing the theater as a kid, being like, "Oh my god!" Like I had just watched the most amazing cinematic masterpiece. There was so much depth. I was like, "I can't believe he's not telling her." There's, I just <laughs> wow. Like it was, it blew my mind as a little nine year old kid, and I was like. Spider-Man two and three were definitely my most anticipated movies of that time frame of my life. Just
1: on a side note, I was watching. I was looking at something this this week. I forget what it was, and uh, well, I know what it was, but I forget why I was looking at it. And it was like pictures of like Star Wars and like, the, the the around the block sort of stuff that happened with Star Wars. Does that happen anymore? Do we have or are the multiplex is so big that it just accommodates for the traffic now, and you don't have to you don't have to buy uh, as what well, like ticket purchases. With, it's it's just so easy. There's less need to actually queue well, up. Well,
2: you have a, a signed seating, right? Like we have a signed seating here everywhere so that kills it you used to have to go early like i remember seeing harry potter in high school i got there eight hours early because it's fun you wait with friends but like you had to get a good seat in the imax theater you know and i remember showing up one day to harry potter two hours before imax started and there was like 400 people in line in front of me and i was like okay i guess you have to you have to go early if you want to get a good seat and like now you just have to reserve it yeah i walk in like halfway through the trailers
1: the only thing that i remember is liam and i uh in order to watch endgame at midnight our local cinema very cleverly uh went yeah you can you can you can chance the fact you might but we're giving priority to people who are going to watch infinity war and that as a as like a, a marathon in one night so we went there and we sat through infinity which wasn't it wasn't a bad thing i mean it was all right to have that fresh in your mind going in sure but was still it
2: infinity war at nine or midnight
1: so i think we started infinity war at nine and then at midnight they, oh yeah yeah. you don't want me yeah. i don't want my phone accidentally to, i think i turned on the airplane mode just to be safe but you, you don't you don't want it yeah absolutely so um such is and so I, I remember my personal thing was i'm a little bit older than both of you i think i think i don't know Hermes age uh, precisely but but i know jay That's from what exists if, if it exists hermes exists outside <laughs> of the concept of time <laughs> um but like i was i was like all movie snob about this not that i was a big like oh i like but it was the idea that comic movies were beneath me i think 2002 we're doing this because it's, it's the twenty year anniversary of the film this week but i think at this point i'm about 22 yeah i'm 22 i'm probably hit my i'm i'm an adult now No, no, I won't be watching comic book movies. (laughs) The stuff I was watching was 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 any better. It wasn't, but for some reason, I decided Spider Man wasn't my thing, and maybe part of that was its was its lead actor. Maybe I just kind of went, I don't see it. Um, but that's what we can talk about as we as we go through. But it took me a couple of years to watch it. And someone had it on DVD, and I was at a house party, and it went on. It was the only reason why I sat through it. And I remember going, huh, I was right when it was over. (laughs) I I got my right snob on and went, no, this is dumb. And uh, I don't think I've seen it since. Um, And then, of course, you know, we have the most recent – no way home uh and the way that sort of the legacy and i went and saw that was really excited was really excited spoilers if you haven't heard it guys toby mcguire's in the movie okay and so um when that came out i was that was a big moment and i kind of went oh okay great and it was this idea of this i mean even more so an avengers endgame i mean this that was a 20 almost a 20 year saga that comes together and you find ways to pay off individual storylines in a way that felt fulfilling so uh i was ready to go back with with a renewed chance for sam Raimi and for spider-man for the record i love spider-man 2 i thought spider-man 2 i don't know what the distinction was spider-man 1 i went this sucks spider-man 2 i went this is brilliant i thought spider-man 2 was a was was sensational um really quickly though jay um i, I brought up spider-man no way home thoughts on that
2: um spider-man no way home first i actually want to add i recently got to stand literally six inches away from sam raimi um i was on the paramount backlot second is that why you have
1: that restraining order over your left shoulder currently
2: (laughs) (laughs) it is it is because i I was bothering him and i was i was trying to hand him blu-rays and i got kicked off the paramount set but um no but i i didn't say anything obviously i just i noticed i'm like oh that's sam raimi and then you're just like okay because they were and then of course i saw they were filming doctor strange too and i saw the people come out so cool little tidbit sorry to brag
1: uh, <laughs> I'll take that bragging um, all day long. Well done, you. Yeah.
2: That's thank you. Thank really you. But um, Far From Home, you know, it's one of those films in the theater. It's a very enjoyable film. And I mean, you, you love all the moments. But growing up and being that age and growing up seeing the other Spider-Man movies and all the movies we grew up with, I definitely enjoy it. But I don't like it as much as, you know, the other stuff. I compare things directly. Like, I you know, I just think that the like, the villains and stuff that I love from Spider-Man 1 are like handled better than that. And, and I grew up with those. But Far From Home is is a combination of all the things coming together. Like if you take away those bits, the movie itself doesn't stand out individually. I feel like Like, it it rests on the shoulders of the other films. And then rewatching it recently, not a negative thing, sorry. There's not a lot going on actually. Like once they kind of get all together, it's just a lot of hanging out. There's no real plot. Like, and we don't really figure out, like we just know, oh, they can solve things to get them back. But there's no discovery. We don't have to figure anything out to get them back. We don't have to to work together to solve or find a thing. It's just, hanging out and having good banter and it's enjoyable because you like the characters and it's a very fun movie, but it's not a, you know, deep movie. It's a very fun film. I like all Spider-Man movies. I liked it better than, um, far from home. So no, I enjoyed it, but it's not as, I didn't like it as much as Spider-Man one and two or so.
1: Yeah, I think it's an event movie. I do. I prefer, I prefer homecoming actually, uh, because I thought homecoming was, I I think what you said, I thought homecoming was, was, was a story. And I felt this was more a really cool event. (laughs)
2: it was like exactly
1: yeah hey it's all these little moments for you yeah but then outside of that you kind of go one of the most fun uh, i've
2: ever had a theater so i don't want to discredit it like i had an absolute blast i mean it was it was so much fun
1: yeah but what do you want from that movie i don't know such as hermes do you want to weigh in really quickly before i move back all turn the clock all the way back
0: no, I, I, I think that's perfectly that's perfectly said, uh, Jay, as I, I completely agree it was an event and I had a blast at the event and I could appreciate what the event was because I went to the theaters for the very first Sam Raimi. But yeah, I, I completely agree with you on that one, Jay. All right. So let's right, dive. If I had a drink. I cheers. <laughs> there we go. I've got one here somewhere. I got some
1: despair. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, oh where have i put it Oh, it's across there i'll wait till someone starts talking and then i'll dip over there quickly and grab my drink um so we've we've said it before why are we doing this it's the 20 year anniversary but directed by sam Raimi, whose uh cv has other things such as the writer and director of the evil dead one and two director of the quick and the dead the quick and the dead and am i the only one who's seen quick and the dead fantastic little film really like it really like it if liam was here he'd be all about it too i know he would um of course spider-man 1 spider-man 2 uh writer and director of spider-man 3 director of oz the great and powerful and uh, obviously director of the upcoming dr strange the multiverse of madness which jay was on the set for jealous much yes i am
2: <laughs> right next right next door to right next
1: door, next, next door. You're uh, on
2: the stage next to it
1: <laughs> screenplay by david cop i think yeah uh, the ninth most successful screenwriter of all time. Box office receipts of two point three billion, written things like Death Becomes Her, another lovely little film. Jurassic Park, Mission Impossible. Uh JP2. What on earth does JP two mean? What have I short sh- part two. Thank you. Uh War of the Worlds. Hey, it's War of the Worlds. <laughs> Snake Eyes, Angels and Demons, uh, and Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull. They can't all be winners, I suppose. <laughs> but cinematography by dom burgess who did force gump as a jay salahi link right there he was with us for that one Uh, also was the cinematographer for playboy bedtime stories the muppets and flight so there's a diverse uh array of movies catalog of work And finally, music by Danny Elfman, who, of course, will be doing the music for Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness, the Fifty Shades Trilogy, Avengers Age of Ultron, Oz the Great and Powerful, the Men in Black Trilogy, Goodwill Hunting, Mission Impossible, Batman and Batman Returns, Beetlejuice, and The Nightmare Before Christmas. Love me some Danny Elfman. I think underrated as far as composers
2: in Hollywood. Love Danny Elfman. Grew up listening to his work, obviously, because of Spider-Man and everything, and I mean, the original batman yeah. was like always a classic the Original score. batman themes great. great
1: scores phenomenal so i'm gonna go through a little bit of the history here it's a bit of a talk but such is because this thing was in development hell forever and i feel like it's worth talking about uh, in the early 1980s marvel was in negotiations with film producers to try and bring spider-man to the big screen um it was first in development at orion pictures Uh, Spider-Man co-creator Stan Lee was brought on to write a screenplay which featured Cold War themes and Doc Ock as the primary antagonist, but due to budgetary disputes, never made it to screen, as we know. The film rights then were acquired by the Cannon Group for less than a quarter of a million dollars. They did not know who Spider-Man was, and they thought it was like a werewolf-type thing where he turns into a spider. Uh, The director, uh, Leslie Stevens, creator of The Outer Limits, was hired to write a screenplay based on this idea uh it featured peter parker as an id badge photographer who becomes subject to a mad scientist experiment which transforms him into a human tarantula Uh, Stan Lee hated this idea and demanded a new script be written that was closer to the source material. So in 1985, a new script was written. In this version, Peter Parker receives his abilities from a cyclotron experiment. Again, Doc Ock is brought on as the antagonist. Uh, Barney Cohn was brought in to do a rewrite, and it looked like it was starting to get some headway. It was tentatively titled Spider-Man The Movie. Doc Ock would have been played by Bob Hawke, Hoskins in some alternate universe I saw really something I could do with seeing actually um, but because of the financial busts of Spider-Man 4, The Quest for Peace, and Masters of the Universe, the budget was cut down to a, a monetary figure that you couldn't make the film on. It just wouldn't have been possible. And so it bounces around a little bit more, going to Columbia Pictures. But then there, this is where James Cameron becomes attached to write and direct the film. Uh, He was trying to meet with Stan Lee to talk about the X-Men, but uh, Lee said, no, no, you should try and do Spider-Man. And so they did, uh, James Cameron did a treatment for this in 1993 that would have included reimagined versions of Electro and Sandman, heavy profanity, and a sex scene between Spider-Man and Mary Jane on top of the Brooklyn Bridge. Uh naturally a 50 million budget a 50 million dollar budget was set for spider-man but it stalled when uh, basically they always got in a situation where nobody trusted each other and it bounced around so James Cameron abandoned the project and began work on Titanic instead and I do have some some casting notes on that but I'll, I'll, I'll spread that out throughout the actual deep dive and the review itself and then we get this really weird thing where somehow MGM ends up with the rights to Spider-Man and Sony ends up with the rights to James Bond and what they eventually agree to do is well we'll just swap rights and MGM GM ends up getting the rights for uh, Bond and making GoldenEye, and then uh, Sony ends up with the, with the rights to Spider-Man. It takes a while, but they obviously uh, get that. Uh, sorry, let me not GoldenEye. It was 1999, so whatever would have been around around that time for Bond. Um, the world is not enough. The world is not enough. Good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh and so along with everything else though the, the thing that, that that uh Sony really really wants is this James Cameron scriptment they referred to it as it's not quite a script but it's more of an a treatment so we called it a scriptment which was a 45 page document that uh Cameron himself was the sole sort of credential there but they weren't going to hire Cameron to direct or use his script exactly but it was going to be sort of a basis Um, At this point, then, we sort of start actually getting towards the um, creation of the movie that we're now familiar with. Uh, Sam Raimi was chosen because he's a big comic book guy. 25,000 comic books in his personal collection. Wow. So, um, again, Doc Ock was supposed to be in this, but Sam Raimi goes, maybe we take out, maybe we take out Doc Ock. Maybe that's too many. Plus for each one of these characters, you got to create an origin story. So how many origin stories do you want in one film? And they went actually, I'm not going to say less is more because it wasn't less than the ground. Well, it was less than, than four which is what you would end up with for, for uh, sort of origin stories, but it still was, was something. And of course, just finally, we do know that um, this was released not that long after the terrorist attacks of New York City, which required the digital removal, but also more importantly just reshooting of several key elements uh, and key scenes to uh, remove the World Trade Center from um from from the picture that was kind of a i think that happened shortly after 2001 was just let's remove it i guess it felt it was respectful to remove it from from our screens i suppose
0: there's a couple i I was actually noticing this not too long ago sorry on a tangent but i noticed a couple of films that still had it present uh uh, the two towers present and i was just it's one of those little things you notice like huh this was a shot before 2001. Yeah, I always... Yeah. Timestamp, I don't know that it took from it.
1: I always noticed it when you'd have friends. Every now and then, friends, when they had the stinger, when they were tr- transitioning between scenes, would do a shot of a New York skyline. And for a while, the, the Twin Towers were featured prominently, and then all of a sudden, they stop, and you're like, okay, I can sort of place this one.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so Sorry, Tangent. That's just my... No, nah, Tangent <laughs> accepted.
1: <laughs> So the film starts up. We have our studio identification, Columbia pictures weird for uh, what we're looking at here. Uh, Sony hadn't quite put their stamp fully on it yet. And uh, it, we get also the flipping page Marvel logo, which uh, this was the first film to ever feature that for a long time. I used to say like, I wanted to go back to this one. I like this as, as the studio identification card. Um, I love it. Yeah.
2: I like it on the X Men. They're on the X Men movies too, like X two, X Three and stuff. And and I, I do enjoy it. And it's you know, they always had the comics match, but it's not in your face like the new one where it's like all these movies. It's just it's kind of a nice little homage to the history before you start yeah. this new incarnation.
1: Yeah, it acknowledges like, look, we're 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 not breaking new ground per se. We're we're on the, on the back of that which came before. Uh it was a while. It was a while into I don't know, phase it was phase two when they swapped it out. It was it was it was quite mm-hmm. a bit. And um yeah. And I get it. You need to sort of establish, you know, which, which persons and which moments are sort of key to the the mythology that you're building. And that now, you know, um, the, um, you know, Liam Hemsworth is Thor. Don't think about anybody else, you know, Nick Fury is Samuel L. Jackson. Don't try and imagine what you may have seen in a comic book previously. That is the version. And, you know, fair play to him, but as long as Kevin Feige keeps himself out of it. If if you see Kevin Feige with with like with like with like a ball cap on that one day, then I'll probably <laughs> I'll probably say it's jumped the shark ever so slightly. Um, I don't know. The opening credits felt very 2002. Felt very you know I could I could run this on on, on a PlayStation One or a PlayStation Two. Um, yeah. which, which I mean, which is the time it was made. I mean, fair, fair, right. fair play
2: love the opening credits really because of music well you have to i think it's the thing that missing a lot of movies today just jump in like a tv show they don't even give like an organic cinematic opening and as a director there's something so amazing about this and you know you're out you're on the outskirts but if you feel everyone's pulse and you go to the movie theater watch people watching that movie if i pause that movie three minutes into the film you're still on the credits and the music is playing you're actually more excited to watch the movie you have that's already started so you're three minutes in the movie and it's already better than it was when it started because the movie hasn't really started yet. Your excitement's just building. And it's this classic thing. I mean, who doesn't love hearing the big score? I mean, the second one's better when you get the, the, the portraits, I think. Mm-hmm. But the first one, it is a little cheesy graphics, but it's for the time. It was the best they <laughs> could do. But it's the Sam Raimi, I mean, not Sam Raimi. The, the Danny Oafman's score is so good. And I don't know, I think it's a grand apora- operatic way to start. And again, I think my blood is rushing and pumping more at the end of that sequence than it is before.
1: All right. So, yeah. So it's got, it's, it's got a purpose and a point and all that stuff. I, I like it from my perspective because it means I get to move around all my pre-found research and go to have it in the right order right now. Uh, it buys me five minutes, but, uh, uh, yeah. Already taking yourself out the film. I, it's, well, the, the minute I take notes, it kind of, it's, it's, it, it is interesting. So I don't, yeah. In order to do this, how we do this um it requires for me a little bit of unfortunately that yeah so usually if we have someone who's on or recommends a film that they've seen that i haven't at the very least i won't do research on it so there's that but yeah typically with with the role i do that's a hundred percent i i do sit there and go i'm gonna get emotionally invest but i think i'm too busy going what just happened we didn't talk about this in your room which it occurred um yeah i think i think i am doing a level of detachment
2: to it just
1: teasing you a bit, not totally. Fine. I, I think it's unfortunately uh, collateral damage, but uh, yeah. So we hear, "Who am I?" And it's this isn't a story about me. It's a story about the girl next door, Mary Jane Watson, who was not going to wear an inch more costume than was absolutely necessary throughout the entirety of this film. They liked a nice little short clingy costume for uh, for, uh, for 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 Mary Jane.
2: We're still in the like two thousand two MTV era. Oh, absolutely, yeah. spring break. absolutely, spring break. Spring break.
1: <laughs> um, and we get stop the bus, stop the bus, and I'm cool with the kids being bullies to Peter Parker. I'm not so cool with the bus driver being a bully to Peter Parker. <laughs> you
0: know what's funny is I had a bus driver. That was eerily similar to that in that they just never grew up. They, that's why they were a bus driver. They went to school there and they drove the bus after they left school. I can definitely see this character existing. And they would just uh, rather be the, the cool bus driver than a responsible adult. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> I'm just that's I see this. I saw it myself and I can imagine it exists in a lot of schools somewhere out there, <laughs> unfortunately.
1: Um, and we meet, we meet, mate, we met not yet. We meet Mary Jane Watson, played by Kirsten Dunst. Uh, other people up for the role. Kate Bosworth. Remember when Kate Bosworth was a thing? Uh, she unsuccessfully. on Blue Crush. Yeah, Blue Crush. That's pretty much, that and Superman, was she Superman Returns? Was that her as yeah. well? Yeah. That was really about it. Oh, yeah. uh, I thought Blue Crush was going to make her a massive star and it didn't. Yeah, uh, Elizabeth Banks also auditioned for the role, but was told she was too old yeah. and was cast as Betty Brant. salty ever since instead. I mean, so I mean, what's the playing age here? Is this 17? Is this eight? It's around there, right? 17, 18 senior year. Yeah. Senior year. Yeah. Yeah. so I will get into that again, because we had a big debate <laughs> about this, but yeah, 18, 17, 18. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I'm told they're supposed to be 18. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um and so uh, obviously we'll see her later on. Kate Hudson turned down the role to be in the Four Feathers. Never saw oh. it. It was it was supposed to be like this like um Boer War era like military epic. Um, think Legends of the Fall, and you probably have an idea somewhere between that and Gladiator, like that kind of a like a, like a big big epic. But it just didn't. It, it went nowhere
0: probably because had kate hudson in it. that's
1: all i'm gonna say <laughs> kate hudson uh,
0: almost famous kate hudson come on and eh, I, I i i don't i'm just i'm just throwing shit it's that's all I'm doing right it's now. all the guy in
2: 10 days kate hudson come on great <laughs> movie fool, fool, <laughs> fool's gold kate hudson on! <laughs> 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 season seven
1: of glee kate hudson what are we talking about um see too much kate hudson ian <laughs> she's in a lot of rom-com so i was in a long-term relationship uh, around this time so I, i'd seen a lot of kate hudson uh bride wars kate hudson jeez uh but also i mean talk about again i'm gonna name two names that are very 2002 eliza dushku mina suvari dushku. oh really mina That's suvari no, no, American well, Pie, american pie and Eliza oh, okay. Dushku was one of the girls who was featured in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, amongst other things. She was just okay. one of those girls of that era. Um, was but-
0: she, um, uh, sorry, wasn't she, uh, I, know, I, rem- I know what you did, or I re- heard what you did last summer, wasn't that her? Uh, she might have been confusing with another one
1: she might have been in it but jennifer love hewitt was the lead in that wasn't Uh, she love hewitt is who i'm thinking yeah never mind then um but Dunst decided to audition after hearing that someone else uh, the lead had been cast feeling the film would have a more independent feel okay a little bit naive maybe miss Dunst. (laughs) this massive columbia uh, (laughs) pictures mega franchise is going to have a small independent feel to it Uh, But she earned the role less than a month before shooting began in in, an audition in Berlin. Um, I don't know. If you're a comic person, uh, Mary Jane doesn't usually grow up next to Peter. Uh, Usually uh, she was like a visiting niece. Uh, but was never met by Peter until he was in college. Um, but a, another version does say they were neighbors anyway. Uh, Kirsten Dunn said that it really annoys her when girls scream a lot in movies. Let's remember that when we're watching this version of Spider-Man and how she, uh, how she's presented. And we meet Flash and Flash. This is, this is her boyfriend. This is the big screen debut of, oh, how do I say this? Is it this Joe Mantaniello or Mant, Mant, Mant? Man, man, jo-
2: man, oh now see now you're confusing me too hold on
1: <laughs> yeah i don't know he's 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 marshall's lawyer friend and how i Met your mother <laughs> that's really the first time i saw him or I remembered seeing him he looks so young here and he was good i mean flash is kind of an underdeveloped character in this and never went anywhere but um yeah he was all right as
2: the jock he serves his purpose. I he's, mean, he's, yep. he's there to be that guy, and he's that guy. He's, you know, a little bit of a bully. He drives the nice car. He has Mary Jane and makes him jealous. Yep.
1: Uh, and then we meet, of course, Peter Parker, played by Toby McGuire uh, in the nineteen eighty five version that was kicking about. Tom Cruise was the rumor in ninety three. The James Cameron version, it was going to be Leo or Charlie Sheen or Edward Furlong. But in two thousand two, other names up for grabs: uh, Leo again, still Freddie Prince Junior chris o'donnell yeah <laughs> jude God law and heath ledger okay different world man that would be interesting yeah i don't know i mean is i mean toby toby always comes off a little creepy to me in this trilogy long before he goes creepy in three i always just look at toby like it's like you're a like two percent lizard
2: hmm just me? You just- I, I think he's got the cheesy comic book, like, you know, real, like, old school down and out, like, what oh. we used, people used to call nerds and like in a different it's a different world than we live in today, yeah. you know, and I think it, it does a good it's like heightening that and it's it knows it's doing that like it's be, I mean, this is a movie that like, someone goes, look, it's Spider Man, like, so it's very aware of itself. And it's it plays into that she has oh. a very weird tone to go for and he, I and, think, he, and i think you know he, he striked it for the most part
1: i think even those scenes where he's just supposed to be looking at her with like some sort of adoration in his eye i'm like he's one step away from skinning her and wearing her as a hat you know what i mean
2: <laughs> oh, it's, def- it's like definitely 80s movie you know like oh i wish i could have that girl like type of thing
0: stan and it's funny you say that too uh ian uh it, my wife and i were just going through this i was like peter uh, mcguire's character in this is probably one bad day away from a really bad current event like he is yeah. he is right there on the precipice of like just over bullied yep. under over repressed just complete uh bordering psycho i it, totally got the same vibe <laughs> Ian, <laughs> hashtag is always right. there we are uh
1: stan lee wanted john cusack which in jeez I don't know if it, was the, if it was this one or previous, but yeah. Uh, James Franco also uh, uh, was involved in screen tests, as was Joe Manganiello. So, hey, look, I learned how to say his name. So, um, you know, um, they got, you know, runner-up prizes to a certain degree. Uh, he was, uh, Toby Maguire was cast, though, after Raimi saw The Cider House Rules, a film I have not seen. I will say that there are films that McGuire is in that I do like him in. Um,
0: That's one you would probably like, Ian, actually. You think so? Yeah, he's got, I would say he's got, a definite range, and it was one of his earlier works that I would say showed how how well he could act with an all star cast It was a phenomenal movie
1: I saw him in the Wonder a Little cheesy I saw him in the Wonder Boys, which I believe has Michael Douglas and Robert Downey Jr in it, and thought he was fantastic in that and went okay he's he's got the, the, the there's a thing for him, but it's interesting we're naming these smaller, more independent films <laughs> and you mean minute you may go he's the all American boy I'm like no nah, no nah, he's not. Nah, he's, not. Yeah. he's making the papers all right but different reason um, and the studio didn't see it either and they were really going to go the other way uh, with it but then they were impressed with his audition and he was able to sign himself a nice trilogy deal which got him uh, three to four million for this but more money should things continue well for two and three so good on him uh, he'd never read a Spider-Man comic book but took the role because he liked the script and repair he was trained by a physical trainer a yoga instructor a martial arts expert a climbing expert and took several months to improve his physique with uh he also studied spiders worked with a wire man to simulate the arachnid like motion and had a special diet Hmm. all things you can do i suppose um on the bus Even the bus driver's a bully, like we said. And even the nerds, like the first girl he goes to is some like freckly girl with like side pigtails. Yeah. And she's like, don't even think about it. And you're like, you? You've got no one?
2: No. And Toby McGuire's character is the lowest. He is, he's got to make him just like, he's the biggest nerd. But somehow the biggest nerd in school is also friends with the richest guy in school, I will say. So that's I, a little, I, nice I've, little bonus. I've got a
0: complete guy. thing
1: about this because I'm just like, what? I don't <laughs> understand this um so in order i will say this the costumes it did feel very 2000 i got out of high school just before this but in order to come to the look for high school kids the costume department sent disposable cameras to school teachers in new york city and had them distribute them amongst their students to take photos of each other i as as someone who works in teaching i can it scares me to think of what they ran away and took pictures of <laughs> <laughs> on these anonymous we got your camera back no way to trace anything oh oh dear god there's safeguarding concerns all over this a simpler time
2: i suppose didn't have digital copies and evidence no
1: no digital copies no way to trace it back no 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 fingerprint of any sort um unless it was literal uh, norman osborne and harry osborne we meet them both the whole part of this movie is just me going stop move things around where do we meet these people so uh, we meet Norman Osborn, played by Willem Dafoe. Unsuccessful or uh, attempts were uh, Nicholas Cage, Jason Isaacs, who was uh, Lucius Malfoy in the Harry Potter movies, John Malkovich, and Jim Carrey were all considered for the role, but turned, each of them turned it down. Um, Willem Dafoe was never a tr- uh, an intended choice to play the Goblin. After a script fell into his possession, he began lobbying for the role. Billy Crudup was supposed to be. Um, Green Goblin in this film, Billy Crudup from Almost Famous. Second time we made a reference to that film today.
2: Seems like he'd be a little young to be his dad in in this movie.
1: Yeah, I think so. Uh, you know, um, Almost Famous is uh, shoot. That's got to be almost, but in the same time period.
2: It's two thousand one, right, I think. Yeah.
1: yeah. So yeah, he looks. He's he's someone who I thought would have been a bigger deal as well. Actually, was Billy Crudup after Almost Famous. I'm like, this guy's just he's on a short path to superstardom, and nope um what else do we got here uh so um defoe was filming a movie in spain and uh, he shot some test footage inside the hotel room and that led to him being cast um and then we got james james franco which is a uh add to a list of of individuals which uh um you could get sidetracked into a whole conversation about about sure. other, about other elements. And what we tend to do here on the pod is we tend to go, "Yeah, we we know that stuff exists, and we're not here trying to put it to the side. We're just here to look at the movie uh, sure. as it's as it's compiled." We did it last week with, with Harry Potter and people who would want to say things about J.K. Rowling or about Emma Watson, mm-hmm. um, and so we're just to continue on looking at as Franco as an as an actor in this movie. And uh if you're like, well, I don't really want to that that's cool. And I got I I don't have a, I don't have a yeah, absolutely understand. And if you're like, no, no, no I wanna that's cool too. And we understand there. So that's where we're to go with that. Um uh, Franco did make a joke about Toby Maguire having a frog like feature. Oh geez, that's not too far from what I said. <laughs> um and this actually upset Toby Maguire and created friction, which led to the rivalry but apparently still exists to this day so uh there we go uh, toby mcguire can hold the grudge um harry's telling his dad i'm not ashamed of who i am and it's like <laughs> y- yeah you totally are ashamed of who you are uh,
0: you just drop me off around the block
1: drop so me off around the I block am. i mean it is like a ridiculously over the top um beautiful vehicle
2: which is going to draw all sorts of attention but uh in in today's world it'd be the opposite he'd like come out filming a tiktok and be like what
1: up (laughs) well why he doesn't have his own i guess maybe because it's new york city maybe that's why he doesn't have his own car
2: that's the only reason why
1: yeah he'd be sitting there doing a bunch of youtube videos going like i get my butler to drive me to work coming and you know right along with me like these kids who are you know 21 and flying on like $35,000 flights just so they can like make
0: a 10 minute video about it Well, like you said at different time I mean we different didn't have time. that social influence right we, we didn't had, we had disposable cameras at this point <laughs> to take a picture for uh,
1: now. Harry is friends with Peter which which Jay brought up and I'm sitting there going Peter doesn't carry himself like that opening sequence he carries himself like i have no friends not hey i've got a really good friend once i get to school and we're as close as brothers we're told and we're aligned by the director to think oh peter is such a loser no one will sit with him so what i understand is if you've got this car and everything at your disposal why is why is harry not like hooking hooking his buddy up we can swing by and get you on the, on the way to school, Pete And also, surely people want to get in good with the rich kid. So why does everybody just pick on Peter? I don't understand this.
2: Everyone's got one friend, right? Everyone's got a buddy. And I think it seems like that Harry's personality is maybe he's standoffish, doesn't want to be friends with people, wants to be the outsider. He seems like the guy and maybe wants to sit alone. He's sitting in the courtyard. Everyone's sitting inside the cafeteria. So and maybe Peter's the one guy that they just, you know, became friends and that's just kind of it. They're both like in their own world, but they have, I don't know. It just, it's also, you know, Someone you got to do it. Filmmaker. Look at but, you. Look at, yeah. Listen, dude, I can defend to, anything. You movies just, I hate, I can take any scene. I'm just trying, trying to have some fun why.
1: here. And he's like, well, if you consider it, look at you. <laughs> How <laughs> how much just when when you told Sam Raimi I'm on this podcast about Spider-Man. How much has <laughs> he given you to make me to, to like explain away his mistakes?
2: He said I can well, be an uh, assistant on a Doctor Strange <laughs> 3.
0: That's a good trade. That's a good trade. That's Absolutely. Take that every time. <laughs> but but if I if I could uh, if I could counter Jay on that one, I think this is more just 2000s movie filtered through the 2000s lens. I think it was we need something that represents some of the comic book, uh, you know, lore if you will he needs to be a nerd he uh, osborne needs to be in there somewhere we need mary jane in there somewhere we need a bully we need this and that right and what do you do in the early 2000s you put it through oh well it's this very stereotypical rich kid it's this very typical and i'm talking about flash when i say rich kid you know he's got the car he's got the girl he's got all this fun stuff then you go through uh osborne well you know comics was he's uh you know this privileged kid he's, he's a scientist dad you know toby what is he you know how does how do all these pieces going to fit into yeah. the ultimate you know puzzle that is this film in, in this film and so you have maybe filmmakers like jay here is like well you know this is how it makes sense and i think that's kind of how we got this uh product well will. i'll just
2: say this as a filmmaker real quick sorry that's i no, think when you make a movie, just anything. It's like when you play a video game, you know, there's attribute points. You can't make your character 10 everything. You, and so when you make right. a film, there's always something you have to sacrifice, a character sacrifice or something you have to give up. And kind of so this film kind of rushes that aspect of it because it, it, la- it gives more time to Uncle Ben and other characters. So it's one of those things where the film does have a good pace. And I will say I think I'm a pacing person. So I think having a certain rhythm, if you can get people sucked into the story, a couple little maybe lapses in like, well, how's that quite make sense? Are always well sacrificed if you can keep it for the if you can keep someone's engagement? Uh,
0: yeah, I'll, yeah, I don't disagree.
2: Yeah,
1: I'm moving on both those points. I, I will say that I think that uh, if we go into attribute points. Is that like everybody's just got that one attribute that's jacked up to 10 in this movie like there's (laughs) no nuance and i'm not asking for like christopher nolan's dark knight but i am asking for a little bit closer to maybe you know um robert downey jr and john favreau's iron man where the guy had layers and nobody here has layers it's just like you are a singular adjective and that's who you are and maybe the problem i had was we had the loser and the rich kid and and then the, the it felt like that wouldn't have had had a link because you left me no room for it not that well how do we establish that he's got layers as he's running up after the the bus well yeah of course you can't of course you can't but i'm I'm not here to fix it i'm just here to to crap on it (laughs) um so um You know, uh, I will say for someone who does have actually a little bit of nuance to him, uh, at least at this part of the movie, I think it is Norman Osborn. I really like his his journey as he sort of descends down and we get the introduction of Norman to Peter, which is it's always great when you see the villain and the hero and their genesis being introduced to each other and establishing that. And the I'm something of a scientist myself. just, 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 a great bit of writing. Now, I don't know if that's got its genesis in the comic books or in something like it, it, it very well may have. But regardless, I thought it was something that stuck around.
2: That's also another thing if you want to talk about, like a f- flaws. Like if they really are such good friends, this is, has he never
0: met his dad before? You know, my wife actually <laughs> well- brought that point up when we were watching it. And I was, I was like, you think Elon Musk is going to, he's a billionaire. You think he's going to meet all of his kids' friends? As I yeah. say, <laughs> the no. one friend that he has that he's standoffish and doesn't even want to be seen being dropped off by his dad. You know, no. it's, it feels like a distance relationship here.
1: Norman does apologize to Harry later in the film for not being around nearly as much as he should have been. And he goes, no, you're important. So I think, yeah, I think he's, he's not around Harry. For, I, I guess this has got to be the exception. The problem is when our first introduction to a character is the exception then we take that as an audience to be the norm until it's explained away an hour and something later. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we have a trip to the exposition. Oh, I'm sorry. I mean, a trip to the university. (laughs) And Peter's just walking around as an exposition machine for us, which is fine. You know what? You get the kid who knows everything about it to explain it to the kids who don't know everything about it. And that now means that I get to know about it. I suppose that's all right.
2: Find me a movie without these exposition scenes and I'll give you my house.
1: I've (laughs) actually got a question for you at one point here. I even wrote down a note here. But Peter gets his camera out, not disposable. This teacher who's running this field trip, I thought he was a student at the start.
2: Oh, I would say yes. I love him. I think he's like one of my favorite parts of the movie. You were talking through that lady's entire conversation. Like, I just love his, his cadence. I think he's funny. He's young. He's a cool, hip teacher. He's like he looks thirty one. <laughs> like he looks older than me. I think. You think I look? I mean, I don't like to say that. I don't think I look that old. He looks the same age as me. You're backlit. It's hard to tell. We'll kind of backside.
0: Oh, man. That makes me, now you're making me sound look old. I'm like, what
2: are you talking about? That guy looks like he's in his early thirties.
0: You gave it away. You said you were nine when you saw it. All right. The, yeah. Look, he's out of the
2: bottle here, Jay. Yeah. He looks older than the people who are 26. Players I legitimately thought that? he was.
1: <laughs> I legitimately thought he was a fellow student until he started pulling rank. Maybe that's. Yeah. Maybe that's me getting so far away from that that yeah. I can't tell the difference between 18 and. Or sure. maybe it's the fact that Peter Parker. Yeah etob mcguire ain't exactly 18 but such is. I'm
2: also at that age though where you know i remember being 26 going out with friends i'm like you're a teacher now like what do you mean like so it's like (laughs) i think there's that also level of like people are teachers younger than you think
1: Uh, um yeah i mean i've got i've I've got members of my team who are in their early 20s and i'm just like i don't even know (laughs) i'm as close to aging you as i am says the guy who's 60 and all of a sudden i'm sad (laughs) (laughs) um what do we got here um oh so we do get a reference to spider sense which is nice i mean these little little things that make you go hey we're gonna just drop some little and you get these little little bit of rewards if you're I'm trying to think of a time before people were knowledgeable about comic book movies, but I guess if you really were of a type where you had read the the comics, these are like little rewards in and of themselves. Every time they drop one of these terms, what we would now, I suppose, call an Easter egg. I don't know, but it, it would be odds.
0: I think back in the day is what they were. They were what? They were nods. Nods. Were nods. Yeah. yeah, It's, it it's nods. just
1: a little breadcrumb where you go. I know that word, and you don't know that word, and because I know that word, then I get a little bit of I don't know what's audience superiority, or I feel like you would least been true to what i know and love but it's a different kind of enjoyment than just it kind of takes you out of the narrative but it causes you to appreciate what they've done with its construction
0: Yeah. yeah as a kid who who was that it wasn't cool for a still a long time i don't know when it changed I must have been out of school when that happened, but it still wasn't cool to recognize those nods. They were like, oh, so you were the comic book nerd. Okay, cool. Good for you. You know, oh, awesome that you knew. It's got to be like the rise of you- sense was.
1: It's got to be the rise of YouTube as a proper medium where we sort of had those 124 Easter eggs that you missed in the Batman. Maybe, maybe. Well, there was a guy called... Um, Clay Shirky and Clay Shirky had this theory about the end of end of the audience and he says we we we've all stopped in essence now being the audience, and there was another guy like Henry Jenkins who had a had a theory about fandom, and they both kind of intersect. But the, the the theory being that uh, the, the end of the audience is that we're all to a certain degree producers of content now, whether it's a tweet or a comment on your Facebook page, or if you make a video or whatever it might be. We all sort of pass judgment on media texts now in a way that we didn't. We used to sit there and enjoy it, maybe talk about your friend, but now we want to do something with it. And then Henry Jenkins would argue, but the enjoyment of the film is isn't so much you going and watching the film. It's your ability to stand around the water cooler and be part of that conversation and feel like you're part of the cultural narrative. And that's what gets you in there. Now, somewhere where these two things meet is where these, these breadcrumbs as we're calling them uh, sort of get you that payoff to go. Yeah. Yeah. I knew what those were and you didn't know what those were and so I've got you know, the 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 shifting to a celebration of the nerd culture, I suppose. Rather than try to make comics cool, we went, No, comic book movies are nerdy, but the nerds are cool. Yeah.
0: Maybe. Just Maybe. A thought. I like it. It's better than anything I was thinking of. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, MJ notices a missing spider. And the tour guide or whoever at Columbia is going, we have 15 genetically mutated super spiders. And MJ goes, oh, there's 14. How she noticed there were 14 at one time is 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 amazing. She's some sort yeah, of a savant.
2: Because they're all right there. There's literally, the and there's just one missing. It's literally in the shot. There's literally they're all. Yeah, in the but could you? Area. I'd be going one because they're moving, Jay. So, no. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't have been able. Oh, really? Okay, I wouldn't. Have. I'm, I'm, I think. I, I think this is a, this is my. I think I would have saw it too. Okay, I think I'm with MJ. I think it would have been like Whoo, spiders missing. Well,
1: then great. And then the girl yeah. holding the things going, Oh, one of them must have it for research. Like I think I'd follow up on that. As I think I go. Yeah.
0: It's
1: yeah. supposed to be 15. What do you mean there's 14? Okay, I'm going to pass that on to somebody really quickly before we move on. Just because like we said, genetically
2: modified let's go ahead super spiders you're not going to concede to that that high school girl that you were wrong you're just gonna be like oh if please,
1: you're from columbia you said 15 right? she said 14 and you have empirical evidence oh. that proves She's it. given
2: the tour maybe she was downstairs and <laughs> 30 minutes ago the scientists needed it and she was greeting the students i mean by the time she walks up there someone's on their time schedule this is why you can't take notes the whole time during a movie you if sam if
1: like sam currently has a gun to you just cough twice what do
2: you
1: <laughs> uh what do we got here uh I'll, I'll admit that uh i was surprised to see an old school camera because he doesn't have a dslr obviously because what was a digital camera uh, i remember my first my first uh thing with a digital camera and you got this like memory card this sd card that went in it or xd i think mine was because i bought a fuji and it, it would hold like at its best resolution 24 pictures Maybe. And the batteries died always super quick. But I remember showing it to my stepfather, who was like, You've wasted your money. I said, Hang on, take a look. I took a picture, showed it to him, and went, Don't let the picture delete. I can retake it. And he went, Oh, oh, wow. And I went, How much money I've spent on digital cameras over the years. And now it's all meaningless because I got one of these, just like everybody else does. And I've got a DSLR for when I actually want to film, you know, when I I actually want to go outside and be a proper you know photographer and actually mess around with aperture and 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 my shutter speed and 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 things like that to get the shot i want but as far as just casual here's me and my friends wherever it's all turned into this and just one last rant if you have an iphone do not don't put the portrait mode on and be like look at this it looks fake as crap okay not everything should be instantly blurry two inches behind you it should be a range it's hard to Nobody's explain that verbally. photography
0: class. Nobody's taking a I know what you mean. Class, so it doesn't matter. You
1: know what I mean, Jay. Stop using, just stop using portrait mode. That's all I'm saying.
0: Use it more, guys. Use cinematic mode, too, while you're at it. <laughs> you know what? Do it, but do it only for pictures of your food. That's all I'm saying. That's it. <laughs> Everything's cinema now. <laughs>
1: uh, what do we have here? Uh, I, I, I've got here. I'm surprised the bullies have given up on Peter. Because my experience with bullies is these guys are at Columbia University. They're not going to be interested by the tour. You know what they're interested by? Picking on Peter. But they go flash and then the other guy go, should we keep bugging Peter? No, let's go for a walk. Mary Jane's still there. "Ah, That's okay. Peter's going for a walk. And Peter's taking pictures of MJ and MJ loves the idea of being a model because her role in this is girl who Peter wants to connect with. That that's her character. Damsel in distress. That's her character Yep. Nobody loves me like, like, like you, Pete. Uh, we had a close up on the glider. Discount Dr. X is here as a tag along on the uh, board of governors. Did anybody think it was kind of a weird choice to have the guy in the,
0: uh, in, in the wheelchair have a shaved head? honestly i didn't even notice and i just watched it i did not even notice
2: i know that guy's a very memorable guy he's the guy who apologizes and gets vaporized i had some
1: i had some major charles xavier vibes coming from that i'm like what feels like
2: a strange choice i never i never thought about that no really you mentioned the the x i mean i noticed he's in a wheelchair and had a bald head but i never thought about it being like a reference to a thing until
1: yeah uh, (laughs)
2: nice
0: little nod that i even missed
1: yeah i don't know if it was a nod but it just seemed it just seemed a weird choice to do otherwise. Uh, we get warned that his, oh, what do they call it? And it's something enhancer, performance enhancer. It leads to violence, aggression, insanity. Uh,
0: I don't, only in one trial. Only in one trial. Only right? one trial. That, that, was, that wasn't, that wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't do, yet.
1: Dr. Strom wants to roll it back to uh, basically the formula perspective and rebuild from the ground up. Uh, but uh, we're hearing that the, the, the military is ready to give up on Oscorp. And that worries Norman Osborn. Uh, but then we go meet Uncle Ben and Aunt May. Uh, Uncle Ben, played by Cliff Robertson. This is his first film for Columbia Pictures in 25 years. He had been blacklisted from the studio since 1977 when he discovered that someone had been forging his signature on a check written by a studio executive. And the executive was using that fake signature to embezzle money from Columbia. Columbia wanted to sweep it under the rug, but Robertson spoke out about it and was blacklisted for a quarter century so there we go please. Well
2: um, I want to take this moment to mention because you know when we go scene by scene there are some like broader aspects kind of myth. please like, do please do from a filming standpoint you know they do it as a pick and choosing thing the structure of it's nice.
0: oh I think
1: See, see I, I promise I didn't pull the plug on this um, you know uh, I'm sure Jay will be back with us in a second here. His
0: actually it was Sam Raimi. He was about to speak out against Raimi and therefore <laughs> criticized.
1: We just got the feet cut. And Sam just pulled
0: the, <laughs> pulled the Ethernet cable out of the wall. He said it so well.
1: Jay. When when Jay gets back to us, we will let him set that up, but I will continue on here. Um Oh, it's a shame because this is where where, where my question comes. Because within two minutes of Uncle Ben being there, he's saying to Aunt May, Oh, I've been with that company for 30 years, and they've laid me off. I'm just an out-of-work electrician. What's going to happen to us all? And he goes, Oh, I have a family to provide for. My question is going to be, Okay, Jay, I'm curious find me a better way to do this, because there's got to be one. Not every movie do oh, I yeah. go, this is really, really bad exposition. But this one's like, you know what? Let's just get, let's rip that Band-Aid off. It's going to be cringy, but, but let's just do it. So.
0: You know, I, I would, on, a, on the audience side, I can't speak for Jay's filmmaker side, but yeah. on the audience side, I would say it wasn't you know, that bad. As, as a nine-year-old boy, a majority of the audience who was watching this at the time, I think they were almost catering the cheesy and, you know, um, bare bones. This is a B and C to the audience. For that reason, they knew who their audience was going to be at that time and who was going to be the loyal fan base that will support a trilogy. And then another supposed trilogy that didn't end up happening. And then the actual trilogy we got with, with, uh, Holland,
1: I hate to uh to speak ill of Mr. Robertson, but uh he is the only character whose face I could not remember when we went uh, when I fired this back up again. I knew what it may look like uh it, I had a few movies with her, but um I knew what everybody else looked like. I did not remember what he looked like in the slightest. I had a totally different face in my head um
0: I don't know. This is all I've ever really seen him in. If I if I've seen him in something else, I'm blanking yeah, his face there. I just
1: I don't know what it is. I just wasn't maybe maybe when we get there. I don't know. Um and we meet Aunt May, played by Rosemary Harris. Uh, uh I'll tell you what, Uncle Ben, uh I believe oh no, it's later on. Uh but um you know, Peter walks home, he gets in, he's not feeling well. Uh, Jay's apologizing. That his bad internet's <laughs> gone crashing. He'll be back on in a few minutes. Ha ha! ha. <laughs> if he hang on, he hot. Yeah, went, sure. ha, ha. Just yeah
0: he's done that three times. That must be a code. Okay, okay, uh, Ian. We we may have to stop the pod now. Like, if this if I need to make some phone calls, do we need to actually take and rescue someone? Right
1: I, 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 I don't know because I got three <laughs> regular members of the pod who haven't made it. I've got you, they all crashed out. And Then I got Jay who's crashed out. It's what happens to you. Uh, I'll know I'm in some sort of a Jordan Peele movie, probably. <laughs> or or an episode. It's all about a podcast. So it could just needs to be, is Black, be Mirror. Black Mirror, right? Yeah. <laughs> um. So uh Peter walks home he 's not feeling well. This is the first scene he shot was him feeling sick, falling down on the ground. We see the spider bite as he pulls the blanket up over himself very thin too, very thin too You're very th- what him yeah, I, I don't think it's his torso. I think it's someone else's torso. I think they've managed to do some sort of trickery. Yeah, I saw something i don 't know how they would do it, but I, I did see something on on that line, but it is a pan up. you know what I mean it 's not like it's separate shots.
0: Right, right. That's what I thought. I thought be- they just shot what it would first, you do? And like do that, and then like just shape. just just go work out for four months, and we'll come back, and we'll shoot the rest. Yeah, I mean, uh, who was it? Tom Hanks did that for Castaway. Uh, yeah, where, yeah where he, you're not wrong. Yeah, and it, and honestly, the the change in appearance for someone his age and, and body type, it it probably would have been about yeah four months. It wouldn't have been anything crazy for the. It wasn't going from that to Hemsworth style. Yeah, you know, man, it was it's a possible. reasonable. Athletic dude. I mean, that's, that's interesting though. If they as, did do some
1: as, trickery. As, as I do my research, I mean, there's, 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 I've learned there's sites you can trust and sites you kind of got to go. Eh. <laughs>
0: this is
1: this one is one of those. This is one. I don't know which one I got this one from, but yeah. Um, I didn't write it down. So I must not have thought that felt that, that comfortable about it. I must have read it and gone. I'll, I'll bring it up, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, he collapses. We see the DNA being rewritten, which is, you know, all right. And then uh, we switch to Norman Osborne, who's going to take the performance enhancer himself. He drinks it and smashes it like he's at the wedding of a culture
0: different to my own. He, uh, takes the, he, he smashes the catalyst, though. That's the, that's the catalyst for the inhalation yep. process of that. Yeah. I
1: think it's the idea of he's like manning up, isn't he? He's like, all right, here yeah. we go. And all that nervous energy manifests itself through, in this case, uh, a slight bit of destruction. Uh, he straps in. We get some green smoke. Windows 3.1 shows us that things are changing for him. Uh, Norman's not responding appropriately, and he flatlines. And then we have a super quick zoom, extreme close-up on the eyes that only Willem Defoe can give. Uh, we go back to the formula, and we smash cut to the next day, and Peter doesn't need his glasses anymore. And this is really cool, this point-of-view shot
0: yeah yeah i thought this whole this this whole i i'm now super uh scene i would say or series of scenes yeah was as a kid that that uh that moment of you just want to play you want to act this out with your brothers you want to play this on the playground of now i i don't need glasses anymore i'm no longer (laughs) a nerd i'm now a superhero (laughs) like look at me go yeah it was it was fantastic
1: um yeah and so and this is like the whole show don't tell thing i mean this is like you give me a point of view shot I, you, you know you may have had to go oh like four different times oh it's fuzzy mm-hmm. it's not it's fuzzy it's not but i'm like yeah it's cool I, I, and i fully understand you know i no longer need glasses now because actually the glasses make things worse not better so and no exposition no crappy exposition.
0: No, this is a lot of good and bad
1: he didn't have to go wow it's fuzzy and goes, <laughs> that's better how strange <laughs> exactly, exactly guess i won't be needing you anymore guys as he puts them down yeah we didn't hear that he's also in much better shape and then he inspires the music video for taylor swift's you belong with me because he stares through his window at mj it, yeah, and it, uh,
0: many weird things creepy but yeah creepy <laughs> he's a nerd though he doesn't understand okay he he doesn't know that that's creepy yet yet. uh
1: peter then inspires parkour by running down the stairs and off the wall um and then we go outside and mj is being verbally abused by her uh father who's wearing the requisite white tank top um and basically saying you're going to end up, obviously, his wife has left him, and he feels that MJ will do just the same thing because he has a healthy regard for his relationships with all women. Um, what else do we have here? We've got a very then,
0: classic New York accent, too. I'm yes.
1: <laughs> and then Peter sees this and goes, oh, you know what this is? This is the day for me to profess my love because he stands about 10 paces behind her practicing his I love you speech. And I'm like, guy, she's just been like run out by her father. This is not the time for you to come in with what you need.
0: Well, I don't know. I, I I didn't I don't remember the exact verbiage, but because it's so fresh, I remember him saying something along the lines of like, hey, you know, we've you know, we lived to we live next to each other for so long. You know, maybe you'd like to go out. Maybe you'd like to get a coffee. Maybe you'd like to, you know, um, and then as he's trailing off is when he realizes that that moment there. And I don't know necessarily that he was trying to take advantage
1: Oh, oh, I think he's situation. practicing because he's getting ready to walk up. And because when, when her friends come in the car, it sort of takes the winds out of his sails. I think he was getting ready to walk on up and make a speech.
2: Yeah.
0: If if
1: he was, maybe that's just bad editing. <laughs> maybe <laughs> they put those two scenes too close together. <laughs> it might be. It might be. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, he uh, the, the bus goes flying by him. He chases the bus. I was half expecting with his new Spider-Man powers. He could have, I don't know, caught
0: up. I
1: don't think he realized
0: his potential yet it's, it's okay still fair enough maybe he doesn't right know there.
1: what he can do yet yeah, uh, yeah, but of course we get that thing we have to have in almost every Spider-Man movie where something sticks to his hand and he can't get it off um, I gotta be honest with you uh, the, one of my one of my least favorite things about Spider-Man is the origin story
0: over and over and over again and um, this is like my least Batman. favorite part of it yeah the classic Batman's parents die everybody's got to show up for some fucking reason
1: yeah, yeah you're not wrong
0: Uh, it's the same with spider-man it's the same with uh, a lot of these superheroes that are are so mainstream that's why i think iron man works so well is if you were familiar with the comics that are so vastly different than the movie you didn't get any of that overlap but something like batman or spider-man is so beloved it's for you know decades now everybody knows the origin story so it, you're gonna rehash it at some point somehow and people are gonna have that reaction unfortunately i, I mean it was a way to do it well some of the more recent ones i mean homecoming doesn't do spider-man's
1: origin story so i mean it does sort of reappropriate but, part of the origin story for yeah, later on was in was the series
0: it, it restructures yeah you know, it's like gives um, it aunt may <laughs> the
1: the batman kind of stays away from it altogether
0: Uh, Yeah, 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 that's true, and
1: I have things to say about that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Where are we at here? Um, So he can't get the sign off his hand, great. Um, At the Osborne Mansion, Harry discovers Norman on the floor of his office, and he has a very small flashback to his roid rage from the day before. Uh, A woman comes in to tell us that the doctor who wanted to take it back to the formula has died because we saw him getting attacked by Norman previously, and the suit and the glider have both been stolen. But I'll tell you what's better than something being stolen, and that's when something gets returned to you. And we now have Jay Salahi back with us. Our assumption was you said something negative about the film, and Sam Raimi pulled your internet out of the wall. Oh, he get he, it again? Is he frozen already?
0: <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Why'd you have to say Oh,
1: Brady? that's. Oh, that's... I've, I've made a terrible mistake. <laughs> oh, this is... There's
0: a mistake. think I'm right. Oh, you don't know the day you just put him
1: in. It is... We're having a very light-hearted romp with Jay's very real personal safety here. <laughs> oh,
0: no, oh, bro. This is rough. I didn't know Raimi was so so cutthroat, but I will never question Yeah. Now I'm extra excited about Doctor Strange 2's madness.
1: It (laughs) literally is what it is. And he's gone officially off the screen again. Oh, he was back for literally all of uh, five seconds of movement. He just unmuted. I thought I'd set him up. And uh, yeah, that's That's gone a bit rough. Uh, Thank God I. originally i wasn't gonna i was just gonna go ahead me and jay and i thought no i think i need i'm getting to put the, the the symbol in the air because uh i thought you know three's better than two it's all right it's a good conversation and uh geez it would have been me just doing that solo thing otherwise i uh, i
0: made sure to secure my internet for podcasting reasons <laughs> and don't you yeah. worry, <laughs> <laughs> uh, at school school um peter
1: spider sense goes off and he catches mj's lunch when she slips on a uh i don't know apple juice (laughs) and her lunch goes flying in the air and uh peter parker catches the lunch this is a legitimate practical effect
0: it was of it was of uh lore it was not even lore like pop culture myth at the time too where it was like no that's real that's real never was like no it's not and we had barely had google at this time so nobody could really verify that well i remember this being one of those things like is it though is everything it i trickery? found it's interesting because where i go from my usual research didn't
1: bring it up which is oh jay went to connect and he's <laughs> he instantly there. been booted I saw it. <laughs> oh wow um and so it's interesting. So I would be said, by I, I found now what, however much stock you put into this or not, that uh, they did do this legitimately, and it's like a hundred and fifty-six takes. If this is true, if this is the one in one hundred and fifty-six, then both Kirsten Dunst and uh, Toby Maguire deserve extra accolades for keeping it for keeping their character on and not going. Hey, we finally did, it, and ruining the take. Yeah.
0: No. No, I I think I I do put validity in it now as time's gone on and everything that I've seen and read about it checks out. Seems to check out about it, about the actors and director and everybody saying no it it was a day to do that one shot. Uh no, but at the time I remember, you know, all of ten years old being like, Yeah, no way. They they just slowed it down and dropped it slowly. They erased some wires somewhere. There was something yeah. going on.
1: So yeah. Um and then he's stuck to the tray and he has some fun with it and pulls it back and he he ducks and it hits Flash in the back of the head, spills lunch all over him.
0: Okay, do I do I tempt fate? Don't don't no don't don't no? don't okay. don't jinx it. Don't even think about it. Don't just, it's like when you're watching a football game and you don't you don't want to jinx it. Just you know like, what this is? This is looking.
1: this is our 156 takes. Is what this is? <laughs> this is our version of that scene. Uh, I've got Jay. I've got him. Uh, he set up. He's still muted. I just need him to unmute, and then he's he should be with. Hello, Jay. Hello. Oh, we, I think we, I think knock on, I've got a a wooden desk here. I think, uh, oh, you can't hear me. We can hear you. Oh, the, the, our multiverse of madness continues here. Uh, oh, he's just disconnected. (laughs) Oh Oh, no. no. Wow. I am going to message him and let him know that we actually could see him there.
0: Uh, uh, such as this is the the beauty and this is why i i don't know if um this will ever um get cut out i, I don't want to make your job harder ian no nah, i think be, i'll probably leave it here <laughs> all uh, <laughs> all of the uh all of these live streams patreon patreon i love seeing these things oh God, i'll if, tell you what you just, yeah you just hook if you just hook those to patreon you get to see all the stuff that everybody oh i tell you what on the patreon we got hello? a massive week hello can you hear
1: us yeah we can hear you yeah, yeah, yeah we
0: can hear you
2: yeah yeah okay i had a button click i got it <laughs> <laughs> i could i could tell you that i'm at my friend's house and their internet dropped out and it's not as trusty as mine but you guys know that would be a lie because sam raimi has a gun to my head and he pulled me aside <laughs> and he said "Jay, you're fumbling Listen. your words over here you're not defending me well enough <laughs> <laughs> like you really have a pep talk so Listen he pep talked me he, he, he pet me up, so I'm ready to go and continue this conversation and defend Sam Raimi and his legacy. Well, all hail Sam Raimi. All, yeah, all hail Sam Raimi.
1: <laughs> B- <laughs> BFE saying, go see Multiverse of Madness when it hits in theaters. Yes.
2: <laughs> um, you were about to break down a scene for us. Um... Um, I was just simply saying that by having him be bit and then meeting his family, having a lot of that stuff come later, it does add a little a more sense of propulsion and thrust to the first act than having him get bit 25 minutes in and having to build all this character stuff. You've already kind of started the action and we get to watch him turn into Spider-Man while experiencing and meeting his family and going okay. through all that stuff.
1: Um, we did speak a little bit about, uh, again, some more some more exposition woes. Um, you know, Uncle Ben, you know, for some reason he decides to explain to his wife why he's unemployed. Probably a conversation they've already had, but, you know... <laughs> I guess there's gotta be. A, I mean, I don't know. Phone call, it's a job interview, a, you know, something at the bank. I mean, there's other ways you could do this. But then we talked about something that was really effective was the use of um Peter Parker and his glasses after he wakes up the next day, and the idea that we see that fuzzy, not fuzzy thing. And you know, it was a great show. Don't tell. He didn't have to go to someone and go, "Oh, I don't need my glasses anymore." Oh, it's not fuzzy. It was able yeah. to sort of just, and, and and that was really good. And that was, that was a really strong sort of situation. And we've just finished now getting back to the scene that rumor was 156 takes to catch everything on the lunch tray as uh, it comes okay. back down. So uh, Peter's uh, having a bit of a fight with a uh, flash uh, with some stuff that looked like it was right out of 2002 era CSI. If you remember when CSI first started, and it was, like, all this, like, really visceral kind of uh, 360 degrees and really fancy. It, 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 visually, it st- that part held up. I thought it looked really cool, the shot of the fist about to come at his head. You see the spitball in mid-propulsion. Pro- you see the fly. I, I thought that was a cool shot.
0: Agreed. Agreed.
2: Still yeah, it does a day. good job, too, for the rest of the movie establishing a spidey sense. So they don't really, you know, do that too much more like that long they do little bits but not that long of a moment no we just
1: got like that little sound effect and like a slow like a quick mini zoom on on toby mcguire and we go okay that thing we saw that's what happens every time we get one of these and that was cool i kind of like you know let me explain this to you yeah um there's a fight with flash uh the flash you know it ends badly and yet he so he like completely kicks um flash's butt and then everyone's like you're such a freak, Parker, and I'm like, I don't really, I don't really buy that as an authentic um, byproduct of of you know the underdog finally beating up the bully. But, oh, you're even more of a freak now because you're really good at fighting. You
2: Should have had him join the, the football team and basketball team with us. Come on, look at this guy! He's ah, incredible.
1: Is there not a not boxing very. team or a wrestling team you could have taken advantage of us <laughs> now? Jeez.
2: Or gymnastics team, maybe? Gymnastics team. <laughs>
0: It's the last month of school. It's Let's like do, senior year. It is to be fair. It is to graduation, year. He said he yes, said they're to graduate. two <laughs> seconds. That's true. <laughs> I don't think anybody's thinking that. Um,
1: so uh, one of the constants from James Cameron's original scriptment was the idea that the webbing is uh, organic. As opposed to uh, previous goes, uh, your friend and uh, hostage taker, Sam Raimi, said that he felt it would have stretched the audience suspension disbelief to have Parker invent mechanical web shooters. I got to be honest. I'm on team organic web shooter. I really am. I'm like, this just makes sense. You get bit by a spider. You have the ability to create webs because you've got that running wow. through your DNA.
2: As a kid, I, I thought that's why he was Spider-Man. Like, if he didn't yeah. have that power, he could be anything else. Like, that's what, like, so when I remember later on when I found out he had, I was like, what? He created those? And it is, uh, now you have to say he's a genius, because now only is Peter a nerd, you have to show that he's this capable. And it's better in the later films, because, you know, comics have been more established. there been a lot of films we've opened up as an audience. But at this point in time, people forget, you know, it's like, it was a decision. You know, back in, the black suits. in 2000, you need to put him in black suits, because, like, it would have been weird if they were all wearing other colors but you know it's as things expand you can expand audiences tastes and and palette
1: we got a little bit of the robot voice there with you jay so i'm a little bit worried about where we're headed but uh i think i think it came back together um i don't know peter discovers he can jump where he can climb walls and so he starts jumping roofs and he has like a little a little thing, and he wants to try, he has a target of a crane or something, and he wants to see if he can uh, hit it with his webbing, and he says, uh, up, up, and away, web, shazam, and other catchphrases. These were Tobey Maguire ad-libs, for what it's worth. Uh, Peter does get, eventually, his webbing to hit the crane, eats it into a sign, and this is something about superhero movies that I really like, and they don't do enough, which is superheroes, us watching them learn how to be the superhero. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and unlike iron man where we watch tony stark struggle on how to use that suit and then at the end of the movie obadiah stain figures it out in two minutes um you know yeah uh, we, we don't have the parallel version of that you know did norman uh have to learn how to how to use the glider yeah probably but he was away off our screen for a while so i'm assuming he was learning how to use it i'm fine with that um what else do we have here uh Peter comes home and the kitchen's been painted and that was a thing he said to Uncle Ben don't wait without me but you know he didn't know when he left he was he was gonna have organic webbing shoot out from his wrists so I think, I think, I think we see both sides of it though and that's when when things are written well where you go and I understand where if you're Uncle Ben why this would be disappointing to you and you feel Peter's changing but if you're Peter how could you not go ahead and try this out of course you would and so there's not a wrong answer and that's where half of you know life is it's, it's, it's all in the nuance and going yeah both sides are right and i understand that
2: something also not discussed is that you know aunt and uncle ben go to bed really early so peter didn't even get home that late it was just 6 p.m and they already ate dinner and were sleeping so
0: jay don't don't he is even go ahead (laughs) i was gonna say don't don't throw shade to everybody's bedtime okay some of us get up really early (laughs) to put food on the table jay all right and all of us can grow beards okay (laughs) <laughs>
1: All right, michelangelo there we go there's meatloaf and vegetables in the oven um what do we got here um oh so peter goes ahead and puts the garbage out and what do you know mj's getting yelled at again and dad's got like no boundaries he'll yell at mj in front of anybody like, usually you'd yell at someone and then make that awkward eye contact and go what are you looking at dad's got no issues he's just like yeah it's what i do i go yell and she's like oh I guess you heard that, right? And, again, she's just trying to pull that coat around her because, you know, the girl's got to be cold with what they've got her wearing. Uh, and they're like, yeah, what are you going to do afterwards? And the whole thing's basically Peter just going, oh, nobody loves MJ like like I love MJ. Oh, she's so pretty. And then up comes Flash with his appropriately Flash vehicle. MJ goes running off and loves. I, I, why does Peter like MJ? Can someone explain this to me?
2: Fixation, awkwardness. The, the, because he saw out the car at four years old, and it was the most beautiful thing. <laughs> Fixation
1: uh, I, again, 3, again. Th- tell, don't show. Right, but like the, the version of MJ that we that we experience, I'm like, why is he into her? It, is it the? I think it's more of the idea of who she is rather than who she really is. Because oh, it's He's dreadful.
0: He has a hyper-focused attention span. You know, he is an awkward kid. I don't know what part of the spectrum he may sit on, being a genius and everything. And that was the most beautiful girl he had ever seen in his entire life at four years old. So he never lost that. And that's all he ever fixated on. He never (sighs) opened his eyes to anybody else.
1: He's got no other aspirations in life. There's nothing else that he was fixated on. Just MJ. Well, science. (laughs) but he already achieved lady science is my love (laughs) but he finds out because there's 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 a weird second act like side quest of peter sees the car that flash has and goes okay mj needs a car and for some reason, like he's okay with this. This is his idea. And we have this sketching thing, of him drawing out costumes because it says costumes necessary. And this is a breadcrumb and Easter egg, whatever you want it. There's, there's versions of things. We get something that looks a lot like the Venom suit in his notebook with the note needs more color. Um, and, uh,
0: Amazing Spider-Man, or um, was it re- the, the 2000, I think it's 2000 Spider-Man 2000 or whatever. Okay. He he's, 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 he's takes place in the, in the future. Sorry, just a little. No, nod, no, I yeah, really it. It was, I, I know nothing about this. It was, it this. was a comics. It was a comic series that I loved. My older brother had it, and I. It was the one I learned how to read from. And, and then it was like My like Walter talks about it all the time.
1: And then it's like layered in the background. You have you have a notebook. You also have like MJ smiling and like getting into a car. And I'm like, <laughs> like this. Oh, this. I'm not saying we all haven't been there because I think we probably all have been there. But the the movie doesn't teach me that MJ is like the wrong choice. The movie teaches me MJ is the right choice, and that I should still be behind this journey. And I'm not behind this journey. Uh, but he's gonna go wrestle. I like wrestling, so let's go ahead and have a shot there. <laughs> uh, but we did get some Dr Pepper placement just for the uh, just for the the sponsorship money. Um, and then he's going to go. He, say, he tells his family he's going to the museum. So Uncle Ben gives him a drive into the city and kind of has like a puberty talk with him, but not about like, you know, the changes in his body per se, but about the changes mm-hmm. in his personality and, you know, who do you want to be and what kind of man do you want to be? And it's a poignant conversation. The problem is it's just really hard to schedule these sorts of talks because Peter's obviously got something else that he's focused on. So then this talk becomes an irritant. And the powerful thing for me in this one is the idea that it's not even Uncle Ben's death. It's not the fact that he let the guy get away. It's the fact that these were your last words. And that's a powerful sort of statement, especially if you're in the know, then you, the use of like dramatic irony is, it's just off the charts. We're going, Oh, Peter, this is your last conversation. What are you doing, dude? This, this, this feels rough. And, uh, but you
0: never know when those conversations are going to. Happen.
1: Not in real I mean, life, but, so but, but, but I know with Spider-Man, I've just right, had right. the, I've just had the great power comes great responsibility speech. As soon as that comes on, Uncle Ben's on the clock. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's like, it's like final destination. Where's it coming from? Because it, it, it's about to happen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um yeah i mean for, for those of you who care um the line wasn't originally an uncle Ben line originally it was just a narrative caption but it got reassigned to uncle ben in the comics no. the next time they did an origin story on him so uh ben says he knows he's not peter's dad so peter like who's been this a sweetheart like he doesn't like like degenerate a little bit like They go he's been different lately no he hasn't he hasn't been different <laughs> at all. And they say that. And then we go here. And then Peter's just like, well, stop pretending to be my dad. And I was like, "What? where did this come from? At what point did we get any idea that things are changing? He didn't show up for the painting, but he had a totally valid reason for that. No, and no one in the audience is blaming Peter for that thing. If he had looked and seen like a little note that said, be home to paint, and he looks and you see him decide to go experiment, maybe we get the idea of the moral dilemma. But he actually just forgot, which I, I'm totally fine with. So at which point this jarring thing goes, I know it needs to be a moment of conflict, but could we have gotten there a little more organically than we have?
0: pacing I, th- I think is what it comes down to right and and we talked about editing choices with uh him approaching mj and then right after her being yelled at i think it comes down to you could only do so much at, with so much time even if
1: you want to tell me that peter's running around like helping people and as a result he's sleep deprived and as a result he feels like he's always behind on stuff and then you see this kind of bubbling underneath the surface as he keeps checking his watch great i'll take that but there's like there's just nothing it's like the script says i'm supposed to be mad here <laughs> sorry sam deal with
0: it fed it no don't you dare don't I you it. let's see if we'll, jason we'll, with us we'll lose jay again i think we have did he <laughs> really just freeze i think he has, <laughs> I, mean, he has.
1: I thought he was thoughtfully <laughs> considering what i was saying but now I, i'm pretty convinced he's frozen i think we just proved sam Brady's there we, we go with <laughs> go see <laughs> Doctor Strange. The multiverse of madness in cinema soon. Pray for Jay Salahi's safety. Pray for Jay Salahi. <laughs> hashtag free Jay Salahi. <laughs> there you go. If you got this far in the episode, hashtag free Jay
0: Salahi That'll be the gift of the week.
1: Oh, he's gone again. Oh uh, we'll we'll welcome him back. <laughs> oh, what do we got here? <laughs> so 3 minutes get you 3 grand. Did you notice who was to, like signing people up for this?
0: Oh, absolutely. And I'm not even a big wrestling guy, but that that Oh, uh, n- not Marshall not him.
1: Over- I mean, who's signing them up? Who's working the sign-in desk? Oh, no. No, I did not. That was Octavia Spencer. If you've Is seen if you've seen The Help. No, if you've seen The Help. Um, no, I, haven't. I haven't. Oh, she's great. Oh, my word. She was in Hidden
0: Figures. She's from. She kind of. Oh, po- wait, 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 wait. I'm, I'm confusing her and the guy who pays him. Who no, 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 no. The problem. woman. The woman who's like, you yes, know. Yes, yes, yes,
1: yes. Oh, yes. it was. It was. Uh, uh, Jay is back. I think we're going to see if he can. Uh, uh, he's still muted. So I'm going to ask him to unmute and see what, that,
0: what, what
2: happens there. Okay, can you here. There you,
0: you know go.
2: You guys, are doing something to me. I'm getting beat over here hard. I
0: I we, I, I just warned Ian to stop it. Stop his <laughs> blasphemy against our Lord and Savior. Cuz cuz I literally I'm not going to say the name but
1: I went, "Yeah, there's a problem in your writing. Deal with it, blank <laughs> name redacted." <laughs> and then you disappear. <laughs> Or you froze. (laughs) Then You disappeared. So I really think there's a link here. Uh, I I was going on my rant about, yeah. I mean, you got to get here. It's a point in the story. And, you know, we watch Uncle Ben's very distinctive car, which also helps Mm -hmm. go around that corner. And I think I cared more for that car than I did for the actor. But um, I'm not even a car guy. (laughs) But, yeah, it was just me going, can we get get Peter there a bit more organically? Mm
2: Mm-hmm and now we're going to classic ref- line though that's all i gotta say classic line. great power great responsibility always gets me
1: yeah uh we've gone to the wrestling match we discovered hey that's octavia spencer giving people the lowdown. Yes. i did it. i was like what <laughs> i always love it when you go back and you find someone in such a bit role in something so early before they became famous i, I always mm-hmm. get 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 a yeah. kick out of that but then uh you know um it's can you survive three minutes uh Octavia Spencer, though, says, look, you know, you, we went under no obligation for if you get hurt. And he's like, yeah, and that's good enough. I'm like, I'm pretty sure you got to get this in writing. <laughs> I'm pretty I sure. Yes, yeah. I accept it. Not good enough. No, nor do they check his age? <laughs> no, no. He's 18. He's which, 18. which actual real wrestling promotions got in trouble for this sort of thing. where they someone went, yeah, I'm 18. And they were like 16. And then like lawsuits happen but um the guy who's the ring announcer he might also be the promoter says the human spider is not a great name and he gives him the name
0: spider-man did you notice who that was no who's this uh uh evil the evil dead i'm blanking on his name. thank you Campbell.
1: i've not seen the evil dead
0: uh, what i'm not a horror guy you haven't seen evil dead one and two or army of, army of darkness no. No, I'm retarded. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Jay. No, okay. no, we, we no. These, these are the nods. These are the nuggets for us. It's this okay. is
1: why. Right, this is right. why you keep disconnecting because the guy knows I've yeah. got an axe to grind against him. Simple. <laughs> ass.
0: He's in all
2: three of the Spider-Man movies. Just so you know, is he's he? got a scene in, in all of them. And the third one, the, what's the, the second one, he's the the guy in front of the.
0: Uh, yeah, the church guy, right? Or the, the not the church guy. guy the,
2: uh, uh, the the for the play. He, he, oh, he okay. Wants, uh, Toby Maguire into the play. And then in the third movie, oh, he runs right. the French restaurant. He's like the waiter there. Not the waiter, the hostess. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Helps with the ring and everything. Yeah, that's right.
1: Um, and so this crowd is like ECW levels of hot. Like, they're, they're just insane. Like I've, I've been to a few shows. I've never seen a crowd like this. This crowd's really into whatever this is. The cage drops. And at this point, I'm realizing, oh, it's a wrestling movie again. And George is not here. She will do anything to avoid a wrestling movie, I swear. <laughs> um, I guess we should talk about Bonesaw McGraw, played by the Macho Man himself, Randy Savage.
0: Anybody <laughs> familiar with this guy? Classic. Snap it, into it, a it, slim Jim. It gets me it, it gives me a smile every time when he gets in that cadence of uh, three what does he say? Three minutes of plate. I just <laughs> I am I am smiling ear to ear. On, he's, like his eyes are bulging out.
1: <laughs> dude is huge in this too. Like, I don't know. This was after his wrestling career was was sort of over and done with. So yeah, I don't know what limits there were to what he could put in his body, but dude was big, big, bigger than he was the last time I saw him. He was um, big
0: all the way up till the end.
1: Oh, but I mean Always. big like 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 physically jacked. No, that's what I mean. Oh, okay, Definitely. yeah, yeah.
0: He was jacked up. Very until-
1: very tragic death. He had a heart attack while while driving and his partner who was in the car with him said that uh she said uh he knew he was having a heart attack and took himself off the road into a tree to avoid uh on, oncoming traffic. Cuz he was wow. aware he was having a cardiac arrest as he was driving like, jeez. Um the uh careful what you put in your body kids that's right we get um oh at one point i think macho man says that's a cute outfit did your husband give it to you <laughs> or does spider-man say that i think spider-man says that to him
0: no he does he does absolutely yeah. I, I thought about it just now yeah I
1: spider-man it. says it's a, it's a bone saw i'm like yeah that wouldn't make the script this not, not for not from your hero anyway that's for sure <laughs> Sp- early 2000s i'm trying to figure out how spider-man wins this match because bone is coming at him with a steel chair and you know peter like kicks him a few times and then he comes at him with a oh, pipe of some sort and spidey kind of like rolls him so he crashes into the um into the the cage but spiders spidey's still on the on the on the mat on the other side of the ring and they're like count him down for three i'm like i'm not aware of any sort of wrestling where
2: this exists no, he well, he just kicked him so hard, like you know, when he did the flip, he just threw he him just, with the he leg. just got knocked out into the yeah, I, mean, he's I completely think it's a like knockout. Gone. I'm
1: just well, saying that'd be a 10 count, it was just a really weird one, two, three. Like, it wasn't up with him, just gonna play the wrestling card there. Bit odd,
2: yeah. He didn't pin him, he didn't run back, he not pin there him, no, pull his leg up. So Peter Parker's and paid a hundred. The guy says, "But you pinned him in three. You pinned him in three, or pinned him in one. Pinned or him in whatever, two. Right? two yeah. yeah. Pinned him in two.
1: So yeah. what's the logic here? Like, if you,
2: uh, that suggests
1: to me that Peter should get two grand.
0: I it suggests I thought, to me he should I, get it all.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah. If you're going to shortchange him though, the minute you go, you only did two. I'm like, okay, by your logic, if we're going this on a pro rata kind of basis, then it's yeah, it's it's yeah. I don't understand this. Um, and then the promoter so he tells Peter I missed the part where that's my problem and the promoter is then robbed uh, Peter lets him go by and he goes I missed the part where that's my problem and he has this little smug look on his face and you're like okay this is what Uncle Ben's talking about w- this would have been better earlier in the movie At
0: just saying point in the movie was I mean it, I don't think it was that late in the movie was it? it was I think it was an appropriate time for this to occur
1: I, I'm talking about his attitude like the, the bit where like, Peter's attitude's changing, and we hadn't seen uh, Peter's attitude change at all before that conversation.
0: Even still, though, I mean when he when he knocked out Flash, he it was you know he had that moment of of uh, realization where he's giving in to the power, you know, or he yeah. can he he strikes Flash. You oh, you know, but Peter's been
1: represented as a victim and as. And as an underdog and as, oh, like yeah, up to this point,
0: this, I don't know. I've, no, There's like, some
1: audience it. fulfillment, wish fulfillment going on when the underdog beats up the bully. That's, that's like, that's like movie one movie one
0: None yeah, you less, feel though. that way but then your uncle sits
2: you down and says just because you can doesn't mean you should and you go damn you know what let yeah, him, you're right let him
1: hit him once no, let, let, let him hit him once and let him go up and pull back his fist like he's gonna punch him and MJ has to go Peter and he goes oh and then you realize yeah he went further than he had to but that one sh- you need more than one shot
0: for him to be have gone he too far with flash with one arm he grabbed him with one arm and stopped his full on assault he, he didn't have to go further at that point I, I feel like that's a, just a you know I don't know. I think it's another clear example, like like you said, Jay. It, it, prior to your uncle really fleshing it out for you and telling you, just because you can doesn't mean you should. This was a clear example of him completely disregarding that advice and saying, "Yeah, I can," and therefore I did, and it leading to what is, it led. It's part
1: of that us yeah. though,
0: because we also want him to do that. But oh,
1: but for you to go, Peter, you've changed. Don't we have to see him like cross a line that we're not happy?
0: Because I think we're happy with how he does Flash. No, I don't, I don't know that it's necessarily cl- crossing a line that we wouldn't cross. I think it's because we would also cross it as the audience. Right. Uh, filmmakers, uh, the filmmakers, uh, the writers, director, wh- whoever ultimately made this decision. Decided- we're not saying his name. We're not saying to say exactly no, no. What, what I'm saying, though, is they knew that was where the audience would want to be led and why that's the decision that ultimately would be made. And therefore, we all have that moment of reflection at the same point that Peter has it. It's like, oh. Uncle Ben was right. Oh, maybe we should have her strain. Oh, we all have that exact same like arc at the exact same time that we're watching it. And I think that's way more yeah. fulfilling. If he went straight to murder and all of us agreed, like, Oh shit, we wouldn't do murder. That would have been way different of a, of an emotional connection to the, to the character versus the hero that we all identify with goes through the exact same arc that we're going through in real time that he's going through it.
2: I also don't want to be bad on another movie, but if you want to compare to far from home, I mean, that's a movie where like he goes and changes, he goes to Dr. Strange without even calling the college, that whole movie. I'm sitting there like this, ki- like sp- at least in this movie, Spider-Man you feel from, I'm I mean, going to be honest. Uh, T- Tom Holland is like in that movie is like, what this kid's annoying. Like he doesn't even try. He puts no effort and everything's given to him. Like he is Iron Man. I just feel like there's a certain point where he reacts like, I don't know. It's like, we've all tried harder to do things. I have to, if you want to film a scene, I got to call 12 different places. to make sure I can film. There are 20 different restaurants. One. So says, yes, this guy can't even call the college. Doesn't even send an application form. (laughs) Doesn't do the. And you know, and it's, and he makes, he goes back and changes the whole thing. And it's like, you know, so I feel for Peter more in this than I do for Tom Holland. And, you know, the last two of his movies. Yeah.
1: Um, We jump ahead. There's some sirens. Uncle Ben's been shot by a carjacker. What's Uncle Ben still doing in the city? Dunno. Dunno. He was dropping Peter off, wasn't he? He he was getting... He was thinking of it. He didn't want to go
2: home. He was reflecting on what he talked to with Peter. He probably... You know, he's an old man. He's sitting in the park thinking for 45 minutes, walking around. Meeting a
1: prostitute.
2: Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> or, or
0: that <laughs> most likely that
2: <laughs> uh uncle
1: ben uh, dies and then peter overhears where the carjacker is and goes for a run uh the carjacker's a terrible driver smashing into everything <laughs> this is the first time we see peter doing the web slinging as he like goes through the city for the first time that's cool we see some very obvious carlsberg product placement this is a truck out of nowhere Um, Peter gets the robber into a deserted warehouse. We get the upside down hang down for the first time, which is cool. And I guess they're drip feeding these now.
2: It's um, very reminiscent of the first shot in this time you see Batman 1989, where yeah. he comes down and he opens his things in the shadows. Yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, Peter, this I thought Peter recognized the guy way earlier than this, but it's not until he's got him right up face to face that we yeah. have that flashback. And it's like, in case you didn't realize as a member of the audience, they're going to spell this out for you because it was not short. Mm-hmm. Um, complete with you know heavy, heavy reverb and black and white so we can ensure we know here. Um, the mugger goes to shoot Peter. Peter ducks it. He, the, the mugger, like, loses his balance and falls backward through the window. And then Peter's more or less surrounded, and he's also more or less innocent. And so he's got to escape this building full of cops, which probably feels like a really fun set piece but we just cut to him on top of a building thinking about things so yeah and then he goes saving
2: ho- it. sorry saving the, the saving accident. it yeah, yeah it was, was like, it was we just, we just we weird we got you
1: surrounded and even if he likes had him like sling through a couple of places and he's done we mm-hmm. didn't even we just no uh he goes home to Aunt May uh we go to fade to black um um,
2: <laughs> By the way, I'm not a fan of fade to black. Anytime a movie fades to black, I'm always like, oh, really? unless oh, okay. someone getting knocked unconscious or something, there's like almost never a reason to fade to black, I feel.
1: Now I think they're doing it here for a tonal shift because we're going to go from here to the to the Green yeah. Goblin blowing up um, the enemies, Oz Corpse competition.
2: You can cut to any wide shot of a building, of sky, of anything for any long period and cut back into something else and yeah. shift the okay. I feel. That's just my personal oh, just, for yeah. all movies, like any friends, yeah. Well, no, that's like every movie we watch. I'm like, oh, Fade Black. I, I point him out always.
1: <laughs> so we got the Green Goblin sort of kind of sort of doing some blow up stuff here. Uh, Defoe's the one wearing the costume himself in the majority of the shots. Uh, 580 pieces in the suit took over half an hour to put on. Uh, Defoe did 90% of his own stunts and uh, learned how to handle the Goblin Glider after just 15 minutes, which put him ahead of most of the stunt crew. So um, every time I hear what
0: Willem Dafoe is willing to do for that part, I'm always like, put them in all the movies. Just do it. Yeah. Did you see the uh, original character design for the Green Goblin? Uh,
1: I heard. I have something about an animatronic uh, mask.
0: Right, right. Yeah. And it, it, I, I don't know if it was like budget or something that uh, that made it so that they couldn't do that. Personally, and from looking at the comic design of the Green Goblin versus what they had, I don't, I don't know that it, it's a bad decision to go with the more i guess grounded like mass that they have in the final film but god damn would that have been a cool design to see an animatronic green goblin full out oh god i will That's
1: say what really i find a weakness of the green goblin as a character in this movie is the use of the mask. they choose that permanent fixture of his face in one position i think it loses expression and therefore um becomes a little makes l- up for that becomes a little cartoony <laughs>
0: I don't know. I think Defoe makes up for that with with the with the uh, eyes that open. And you can see his yeah, eyes. Yeah, you, you can see it. Mm-hmm. You can see his mouth underneath the mask a lot of times. With see, I only picked up the head. mouth towards the end of the movie. But, yeah, you could see it. Uh, and when he's in
1: the mask, he doesn't. Uh, that's his real teeth. When he's playing Norman, uh, he's got dental prosthetics. Huh. Oh. Little, little, little fuck um we cut to graduation say chess and for a minute i thought it was a really bad school that only seven kids graduated from before i realized oh it's the chess club <laughs> you hear the thing was about about the public schools in the states i thought maybe this was uh what was sort of going on there um i don't know there's a, um mj and flash break up norman says peter's family and he goes home and mourns in Aunt may Builds them back up. It's just a little bit of we got some plot points we, 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 we got to get to. We're going to transfer over to independent Peter. Um, and including part of that, we have pass some time. So we have a montage of Peter saving people. Um, and it's got some real people. Um, the construction workers were real. And so was the guitar player in the subway station. So if they felt a little less polished and therefore more authentic, they were. Um, I don't know. Uh, first time we see the proper Spider-Man suit, uh, it was a one piece. Um, including the mask. Um, A hard shell was worn underneath to make sure that it kept everything sort of tight and aesthetically appealing. Um, The mask eye lenses were designed to have a mirror look. It did eventually have to get remodeled slightly so they could give him a vent or a flap so he could use the toilet. Uh, So (laughs) there we go. Uh, They refer to what happened with with him slinging as the ballet in the sky. Uh, headed up by Super Effect, Visual Effects Supervisor John Dykstra. Um, it added $30 million to the budget, um, and because of the color schemes, it meant you couldn't shoot the Green Goblin and Peter. Sorry, yeah, the Green Goblin or Spider-Man at the same time because Spider-Man had to be shot in front of a green screen, but of course that would wash out Green Goblin, so they shot Green Goblin in front of a blue screen and then composited them over each other. Um, and said that a, a real big issue they had was. Uh, how do you take a mass character and create characterization because there was nothing for expression, similar to what we, I was talking about earlier with uh, the Green Goblin. Uh, however, um, Dykstra was very proud of his work because the studio executives, when they saw the computer-generated character, they thought it was actually Maguire doing stunts. But all that stuff is 100% CGI when he's doing the slinging and the running. everything If it's a still shot, then it's a green screen. If it's him actually slinging and transferring, then he's... Um, He's CGI.
0: I I, can't, I don't say it, I, I don't think it is the worst old you know CGI from that time. Oh, I think I've it's fantastic seen. first time, but I can certainly tell. Oh, really? <laughs> okay. Okay. I can oh, the balloons I mean, t- and everything t- when he's t- jumping. T- Sorry,
2: what was that? No, looks, I, I think it looks better than most movies today. That are just like you. Everything looks fake. Like there's just things where like the suits fake, the backgrounds fake, the thing they're holding is fake. It's like the only thing real is the guy's head. It's like I'd rather see a little. The, the yeah. only thing. I mean, it has to be fake. You can't float a guy through the sky. So if I'm the one thing I'm seeing on screen is fake, but it's one thing that you can't do for real, then it's like okay.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, again, I don't think it's the worst thing I've ever seen from that time. I just, uh, I, I think yeah, it's it's a clear indication, almost a, more of a prop to how far we've come. In filmmaking, you know, how far and how well CGI uh, ultimately can uh, still uh, suspend that disbelief. You know, at the time, I didn't question it. It was just part of the movie. I loved it. Sure. I was in it. I, you know, it didn't take me out at all. Now, t- you know, shocker 20 years later, the technology has improved and I can look at little details differently, you know.
1: Well, uh, this is where we meet J. Jonah Jameson, played by J.K. Simmons. Uh, love. Love J.K. Simmons and all things. Um, get, n- name a role, give it to J.K. Simmons. Uh, he can be the next yeah,
0: Batman yeah. for all I care. The, the, the guy's fantastic. Oh, he um, was Gordon, so you know. Yes, he was. He was
2: jacked too. Uh, you see that photo of him working out for Gordon? I mean, <laughs> my goodness!
0: No, he was working out for uh, Whiplash, wasn't he? Where he's got the biceps. Oh, that's what it was for? Yeah, yeah, when he has the when he has the short sleeve. Yeah, he was
1: jacked. Uh, he learned about his casting through a Spider-Man fan who'd read the news at a casting, fa- sorry, at a fan website. Three hours before his agent got in touch with him. Uh, Stan Lee wanted to do this himself, and they did manage to talk him off the ledge and go, sorry, Stan, you're just a bit too old for this one. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. We also meet, I mean, talk about, like, this is a star-studded place to work. We got Bill Nunn from, uh, Let the Right One, sorry, not the right one, I just, do the right thing. As well as some other movies, but that's uh, he's Radio Raheem. And Elizabeth Banks, of course, is there as well. There's a reference to Eddie, who of course will be Eddie Brock, who we'll meet in Spider Man three. And uh I just think J.K. Simmons is how could you I mean, there's a reason they brought him back in the other version yeah. of the universe. He's just perfect. Who else could you
0: have? Absolutely, absolutely.
2: You can have 50 people play Spider-Man, but you can only have one person play Jake. J.K. or J.K. Jameson. Agreed. That's J.K. (laughs) Jameson.
1: We go to the Moondance Diner where Mary Jane Watson works. Uh, It's the same one that, if you've seen uh, Tick, Tick, Boom, it's the same one where Rent author Jonathan Larson uh, worked out prior to... uh, prior to quitting to pursue a career writing his musicals so i just seen that just a few weeks ago so uh, yeah definitely on my thing there she lies about waiting tables and doesn't want harry to know and we find out now that harry is dating mj so back to my thing like you know <laughs> i still don't understand what the appeal of mj is not because she's dating harry but just the idea that she's not dating she's not da- if ugh. Is There's it a supposed to? Is it supposed to be something that she's? Is it really as cliche as she's got daddy issues? Is this really where we're going? So therefore, she needs a man to 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 find validation in herself.
2: Apparently, Apparently. <sighs> prom queen story issue. You know, she's the prettiest girl in school, so that's that's all they need to explain. All
1: right. Um, <laughs> at the loft, so we find out that Peter got fired from Dr. Connors. I guess that's a breadcrumb. Uh, Peter turns. I do out- want to say though. Oh
2: go ahead mary jane doesn't the register like the guy's like yo mary jane you left your registers like off by 12 bucks and she's like Ugh, uh, and it's like like she's mad at him and i'm like you know i've had that job like if your registers off by 12 bucks you probably did mess up like I, <laughs> yeah. you maybe shouldn't be so smug about it i think she's skimming <laughs>
0: Really? i think she took six i do i think she took six bucks well, you know, it might have been a thing because if she's waiting tables, it might have been a a like a conflict uh, between what's a tip and what's the actual bill. It could have been something like that, and so she may have said, "Well, this was." You know, ten bucks that was left on the table, but the bill said Has Ramy you know, gone to your house now. What's what's going on here? <laughs> All I'm saying, <laughs> I, I've also worked that job. What I'm saying is, sometimes somebody, a customer, will leave you ten dollars, quote unquote, tip on the table, but when they paid, you know, they only gave you X amount in cash, and therefore, two fifty out of that ten bucks mm-hmm. okay. is part of the bill, and therefore, you, you're, you know, and I don't know how many tables she's waiting, so maybe she was off by like <laughs> six, six. I always
1: whatever. wanted to do that job, but never did. So there we go it's not uh, fun. No. I I saw waiting. So there we go. Um and so um Peter uh is inspired to take pictures of Spider-Man. Uh he gets short changed himself uh, when he goes and tries to sell his pictures. Um I don't know. I mean, J.K. Simmons um J. Jonah Jameson is trying to play trying to play tight with him and i'm like look you want spider-man pictures he's literally the only guy with spider-man pictures yeah. i think i think you're in you're overplaying your hand yeah he's a naive <laughs> kid
0: but but that's why you can get away with it because he is a naive yeah kid. You know, I'll, give a, I'll give you a meat for the holidays what do you want what do you want meat for christmas <laughs>
2: that's my thing for all the spider-man movies At certain points like you know those pictures would be so in demand like he would be able to sell those things like a picture he does of he does get more than one newspaper made. right like <laughs> Yeah, and I'll you and oh, they mention that like Daily View is not the best. It's yeah. like the fourth best newspaper in the city. It's like you're telling me the New York Times don't want that picture. They don't want the
1: picture, yeah. <laughs> um, so then uh, Norman's fired from Oscorp because apparently he's a casualty from K-West or Quest is that they'll sell. But they've, a part of the deal, Norman's not got to be part of it. But they're like, take some time after the World Unity Festival because that makes sense yeah we don't need it now that's like a
2: business thing
0: that's when the deal was final yeah
2: no yeah you got to be like oh we're firing you you have to resign in a week but in a week we have this big corporate thing go off like nothing ever happened smile shake hands in two weeks you say you're retiring you know it happens all the time
1: okay okay i look forward to you defending this does it get more 2002 at the world unity festival than macy gray (laughs)
2: <laughs> who doesn't yeah. love macy gray Don't I you to, You're to defend Macy
0: Gray. come on uh, i didn't remember i this liked, until it. I I
1: liked it. macy gray's one song the same one song everybody likes of macy gray and it wasn't the song it she was, was singing out. here
0: it was a song that doesn't exist
1: uh, it's the, no, I, like the, I try to say goodbye and i choke yeah. uh, come on it's great yeah. no no uh, no, no. Okay, there we go.
0: Away.
1: <laughs> stumble. They used it heavily for Michael J. Fox's last appearance on Spin City. I remember. That's, I've always linked that song with that because NBC used it like like so much for that. I'm outnumbered here. There you are. Uh, Harry tr- Harry tries to control what MJ's wearing. MJ's wearing some Asian inspired mm-hmm. outfit. And he's like, why aren't you wearing the black? And so he's got daddy <laughs> issues. Everyone's got daddy issues in this film. Um The Green Goblin appears and throws a bomb at the balcony. I think it 's the Prudential Building. I could be wrong on that
0: um that was a great uh on the term of like c g or the topic of c g i that was one that I to this day love that effect where they disappear from the bomb yeah the the skeletons are left over and it's all dis- oh that one, yeah. That. yeah. Oh,
2: I love As a that kid, one. that like, stuck with me as like, just creepy and kind of scary enough where oh, it's like, oh, there's love skeletons. It. I love it.
1: Uh, Peter pulls a couple out of harm's way at one point. Uh, the man of the couple was Nicholas Hammond, who played Friedrich in The Sound of Music, but was also Spider-Man in the 1970s TV show so i do like that uh peter gets rid of the red green goblin by pulling some wires out and he's like spinning out we'll meet again spider-man which again this felt very cartoony i don't mean that in a bad way but i am saying Mm -hmm. that we hadn't figured out yet what the sweet spot was for a comic book movie how cartoony is too cartoony where is a line what do we want from our comic book movies i think eventually we decided we want to go a little bit more adult than this but at the time i mean they're breaking new ground it was it was x-men and Then it was this, and Mm -hmm. so what's she going to do?
2: And from a filmmaking perspective, it's impressive. It's kind of like the Batman and Robin, Batman Forever tone, but like successful in a way I think see
1: I think Batman Forever was successful. Batman and Robin's a, uh, is is well, is on a whole other level bad. There was no doubt yeah, yeah, about yeah. that. Yeah. Batman
2: and yeah. Robin Batman Forever's not that it's bad.
1: It's like they went to Batman Forever and they went yeah, it went pretty
0: well. So we should do more of what we thought worked <laughs> in that film. <laughs> no. Did, did either of you watch the Amazing Spider-Man cartoon series on like a, a might have been NBC or like Warner Brothers cartoons where they had uh, the, like anime, the 90s uh, cartoon? Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Or early two 2000- thousand. Yeah, I've seen a few episodes as a kid. No. I haven't seen it since.
1: I was I was an eighties cartoon Spider Man guy, but that's about as much as what I got. The,
0: the only the only reason I bring it up is for that specific scene where he's like, "I'll get you, Spider Man." It almost verbatim. Defoe did that perfectly for how the uh, the uh, Goblin does it in. In the cartoon, so I think it was another one of those like homages. Where if I was a kid who watched the the cartoon series, and I hear Defoe do that in Defoe voice, and it's just it, it all clicks in the in the perfect yeah. way that that you love. You know, it's almost it's like nostalgia for a kid that just watched it five years ago. It's it's perfect.
1: Uh, in the world unity festival sequence i mean mj falls off the balcony uh spidey then uh catches her and then shoots a web to swing her to safety which adheres to actually the laws of physics if you shot a web line directly at her to catch her it would break her neck which is what happens to gwen stacy in the comics and i believe (laughs) it's what happens to emma stone in the uh amazing spider-man does
0: yeah i skipped that one i was i
1: was spidey'd out I'll probably go back and look at it now. To see. Is that the it? Only okay. Part
0: you need to see. Yeah, you're
1: good. Uh, just a quick side note: this takes place in front of Times Square, and the owners of the billboards that surround Times Square tried to sue Sony Pictures and Marvel for uh, the production of uh, huh. taking over their uh, commercials with other commercials, and it was thrown out of court by a judge. But just a thought.
2: Uh, Harry swings on top of the thing. I was going to say something on top of that building. I've always loved as a kid. It's like a real building. You see the garden. Like as a kid, never been to New York, seen New York. That was what blew my mind. Like, oh, people put trees and gardens Uh, on top of buildings. Good shout, yeah. It also is why, not to talk bad about the MCU, but it's one of those things, like when I watch Spider-Man Homecoming and you see like, Iron Man go talk to Peter after like the like the ferry scene. I'm just like you know I grew up watching Spider Man at nine years old. They were on top of a building talking in New York. They didn't <laughs> need to CG this little conversation on top of a building. And that's the stuff today. That's like come on. I remember and when I was nine, they did it for real. Fair enough.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, Harry's like, okay, MJ, you're upset. He goes, I want to buy you something so you'll feel better. And I don't know if Harry's not getting this, but like you're just using something that you didn't you know, using daddy's money to buy her something to make her appreciate things. See, this is the difference. I see, I do see, now he's got the whole film to do it, but I do see Harry changing throughout the film. Sure. Whereas, yeah. you know, so there is this, it's not just a knee-jerk thing. Um, but I also feel terrible for him because he's clearly way more into her than she is into him. And he goes like, night, night, don't let the bed, dug's Bed bugs. And then we get dial tone, and he's like, "Oh, uh, um, she says, she says bye." Because uh, obviously, she's just going on about Spider Man the whole time. Uh, Harry apologizes for not for going after MJ, but says you never made a move. And Peter's pretty mature about it by going, "You're right, I never did." R- respect that. Yeah,
0: handled yeah. uh,
1: it, it well. Norman Osborn talks to the Green Goblin through the mirror and the people who make Moon Knight went, hey, I like that. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to use that in 20 years. Uh, it also it's a
2: great fa- moment. That's it, a wonderful scene.
1: That scene. It's also very Gollum Schmeagel. And I think that would have been about this time. But it's mm-hmm. if you think it's done not through computers, but just one guy and just act. And yeah, we'll move the camera in certain perspectives and we'll hide your face at certain times, but create these two clearly different characters in, in this, in this face off. I thought it was brilliant. I think Willem Dafoe gets all the wins there.
0: He he is fantastic. He is, if not the most lasting thing from all of these Spider-Man, you know, uh, from this, from this creation. Yeah. It w- was, was willing to follow. The fact that he's now in the latest um, adaptation of it is, yeah. is proof of that.
1: In a great scene, the Green Goblin shows up to the Daily uh, the Daily Bugle and threatens J. Jonah Jameson, who's no fan of Spider-Man. Uh, we talked about slandering or libeling, which, which one's the difference. Um, and, um, you know, the Green Goblin wants to know the photographer's name because he's smart and he's sussed out this is the way. And, and you know, Jameson's not going to give up his source. I'll, I'll give him credit for that one. You would have thought he'd be love like the moment. spineless weasel, and he'd be, it, it, "It's the kid, it's the kid." But no, he's he's just "I don't know." He just he just he's mailed him to me, which I thought was a, a nice moment, and gives Peter enough time to sort of uh, appear as Spider Man behind him, and then get instantly sleepy timed. He gets roofied, and uh,
2: this is where I come sleep. into just a, a vague point about the rest of the movie. Is as much as I love this movie. There is kind of a point of, like, what's this movie about? Like, Green Goblin has no plan. There's no plot. We're not trying to stop anything. I mean, there's it's really... Yeah, that's a good I mean, point. We're with the characters figuring stuff out, but there's not really a plot. No, that's a, way, a good point. Like, of what to achieve.
1: I also don't know why the Green Goblin doesn't demask him.
0: Right there,
2: after he...
1: Right there. He's the unconscious. He's sitting there. He's like, I'm going to wait for you to wake up.
2: He's a masked man himself. He respects the trade. Because
0: a minute ago, he's like, who is... <laughs> ah, yeah. Game respects game. <laughs> maybe he did maybe he did we just didn't see that part maybe he just he's like scary. i know like, oh, i've seen this kid's that. face somewhere i just can't place it who was he again right.
1: oh <laughs> um goblins says everybody wants to see a hero fall and offers him a partnership to lift them back up the special people back up to the top of civilization um and you know he leaves peter with basically a timeline to make a decision how he's going to find spider-man again unclear Cause he lucked out. Spider Man found him. Yeah, but all right. Uh, Peter then drops in on MJ, and uh, this is where I finally said to my notes: Is there a scene in this movie that doesn't ever trying to cover up the lack of costume she's wearing? Uh, he wants to buy her a cheeseburger, but she's got dinner plans. And I do like that bit of dialogue. It's a cheeseburger, right? Versus, you know, Harry's going to take her to some fancy French place or whatnot. So, sure. you know, he I'll gets her a cheeseburger. Yeah. And she could have $7 and like 48 cents worth. And that's cute. <laughs> um, he thinks three is a crowd. She calls him Tiger. Uh, Ramey's idea, but it was her idea to deliver it as she did. So I guess some props for each. She goes, all right, I'll see you later. All right, I'll see you later. And then like four guys make the most obvious, hey, let's go assault her in the alley <laughs> sort of speech to each other. Um. It's raining, and her dress is very clingy. And uh, then Spider-Man comes in and takes them all out. Says he was in the neighborhood, which is the exact same line Peter said about 45 seconds ago. Um, (laughs) Kirsten Dunst admits on the DVD, that she doesn't think MJ is very bright for missing this. Hmm. And then we have that kiss. And I think it is maybe the singular... Um, key image that people remember from this movie is that upside down, let me take off the bottom half of your mask kiss.
2: Yeah. It, it pops culture. TV you Kiss know.
1: Award winner? It did, it did, yeah. Won the, uh, I don't know if they had one beforehand, but it definitely won the MTV Movie Award for Best Kiss. So, you know, you, Kirsten Dunst hasn't won an Oscar. She's been nominated, but she does have a Best Kiss Award up on her uh, mantle somewhere.
2: As she's people married still to- use that term today. What's I'm the, just saying, like, people kiss, if you kiss like that, you know, it's like a it's a Spider-Man kiss. People, it? You know, that's like, that's like the term if you kiss that direction or upside down, laying down or anything. So, yeah. it's in the culture.
1: Uh, apparently, this factor, kiss yeah. was hard to do because Toby Maguire's sinuses kept filling up with water.
2: <laughs> just <laughs> a,
1: a literal thing. Yeah, your nostrils face up in that regard, I guess, yeah. Uh, I don't know. There's a scene where Spider-Man saves a baby. I don't know how the mom was in the street and the baby was upstairs, but I, I was sitting there going, "I don't get this." Um, he's arrested, but then you know there's someone else up there still, apparently. So they let Spider-Man go, and it's the green. It was, it was. I don't know. There's ways that filmmakers let you know that the hero's about to be tricked. Sam Raimi used all of them here. <laughs> I think Stevie Wonder saw is coming. You know what I mean? Like it was just painfully apparent that uh, this was about to occur uh, he's got these little globes that have like flying blades on them and I was really didn't understand the logic behind them because Spidey ducked a few blocked a few and then after the second one it's like his suit went we well, have blocked two now I'm gonna let one through and it cuts his forearm
0: I think he just hits the center of it with his fist when he's blocking them correctly and then when he blocks them incorrectly the arm gets in the way of the actual blade sure that's the best i can figure you know jason Bourne's in a
2: knife fight you know he avoids the knife for a hundred of these but then one of them it It was just i think it
1: was more the it wasn't the dodging it was the blocking so he blocks two which would suggest that his suit is strong Mm -hmm. enough to counteract the blade and then it went well now in this next one we need the blade to get through yeah yeah all right Uh, that that works we can do that
0: maybe the tip of it is the razor but the main portion of
1: it is all maybe yeah 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 uh we got thank it's thanksgiving day everyone's over i think they hear peter uh he's a slob we find out they go to his room and there's a mess and uh i tell you what uh i can relate first and foremost so i appreciate the notion that uh, all great men are slobs and then secondly uh but Peter's, you know, stuck to the the roof, and actually, I use this scene when I teach students how to write a screenplay, because we take a look at how you could write this effectively in a way if it's present tense, in a way if it doesn't really, you know, focus on camera directions. But it, it just it's this moment, which is really quite uh, something I'm, I'm I'm very familiar with. Um, he stuck to the roof. One drop of blood that definitely doesn't look like ketchup lands on the ground. <laughs> And it's like so dense, and it takes so much space. Uh, and somehow Norman notices this, and uh, then they get. Then Peter shows up with the cranberry sauce he was supposed to go get, and Aunt May <laughs> notices old
2: lady with the stick. Don't forget. Yes,
1: that's right. And Aunt May notices that he's bleeding through his shirt. I don't mean a little bit; like he's just got like a line. I don't know. If you've ever worn a shirt when you've had like a nick, I mean, you can feel it sticking to your arm. Like it's not a, uh, it's not a whoopsie. I don't think he wasn't a, it
2: it wasn't a small nick. That was a, that was a goblin blade spinning dagger. So it's
1: nice that the daggers only go like about like an eighth of an inch though. It's nice that they just nick you. It's not like, it's like it doesn't need stitches or anything like that. He's, He's just got a nice little, it's long, but it's not deep. Uh, Norman notices this and leaves. Harry follows because he thinks it's something about him. And then Norman tells her, tells um, Harry that MJ is only after him for his money. Is this Norman or is this Goblin? Norman. Okay.
2: He
0: has some saltiness. I think it's Norman, but he's turned up a little bit because of the Goblin. Okay.
2: And, Ma- yeah, maybe yeah, maybe he's been
0: embraced. Yeah, maybe he's been embraced by the Goblin. Uh but I think this is what happened with maybe his first couple wives or something. He's just a little salty from previous relationships, being after him for his money, and uh, Harry being a very clear indication of of playing into that is like, hey, I want to buy you something. Like that's all yeah. I'm good for. I'm going to do this for you, and that's going to be my worth and my value to you. Um,
1: comes back in. Mary Jane challenges Harry for not standing up for her. Harry comes back with, if I'm lucky, I'll become half the man he is. Watch that space. and then mj storms out um yeah uh good for her absolutely good for her yeah um and then one second okay then we go and aunt may i'm sorry (laughs) i forgot this aunt may say the lord's prayer Then the green goblin comes in two-thirds of the way through and it's like, finish it, finish it. <laughs> I laughed so hard when the Goblin came. I was just wanting to sit in this juxtaposition of, uh, of, of, of of situations here because we know Goblin was going to hit him where, where it hurts. And this is where we get here. Uh, and Peter's able to suss out now that Goblin knows who he is. At the hospital, MJ comes clean about the fact that she's into Spider Man. Uh, Peter Parker comes clean in quotation marks about being his official photographer and then peter bears his soul to mj and aunt may is awake and hears every word and smiles mj takes his hand and it's just right when harry comes walking in now it looks like harry hasn't apologized for his outburst or any of this stuff he's just and he's dressed all in black now that's what harry wears now he's in black because it's time to symbolize his fall um and i know there's a lot of reasons why someone could be holding your hand in this situation but he reads it as being romantic now he does know that peter's always been into mj but his his grandmother is dying there
0: so i'm insecure you know yeah he, he knows that that's true into him. he is insecure yeah
1: and like i said like it's clear that she he's into her more than she is into him and he's just on the wrong thing and yeah um so harry goes home and reveals all of this to norman Whereas Aunt May tells Peter, "Come clean with MJ." She's the one who gets to choose between the two boys. Uh, Peter then checks in on MJ because he's like, "Hey, if uh, if everyone knows that I'm into her and I care about her, then that makes her vulnerable." Uh, he phones her, and is a great line when uh, he he rings. It's the answering machine, but then Norman comes up. We can Spider Man come out to play. <laughs> i don't want to know how much what, what this movie's like if you don't have willem dafoe in this role it, I, I think he's the anchor if it holds everything together i really really do
0: yeah yeah it does become successful without him
2: well, uh, like i was saying there's really not a plot he doesn't have any goals or no. things to achieve but like but it, but it's entertaining and you're still invested enough because he is like you're saying such a great actor and great just character
1: the performance is great yeah where, where the story lets it down yeah uh, MJ wakes up on a roof of some sort while the green goblin sings the itsy bitsy spider. He's just, he's gone to full out. He's like, what did Jack Nicholson do in Batman? All right. I'm on it. Um, Norman takes out a suspended cable car full of kids and it's, 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 it's the trolley car problem. Literally, we have the trolley yeah. car and we have MJ and he's got to choose between which one are you going to save? I, I don't like that when you have the which one are you going to save and you can save both.
0: Yeah, and then he has
1: a, somehow a special way out. Yeah, he's like, oh, he he just chose to sort of catch them both. I I didn't see that coming. Um, but uh, there I was guess a, he
2: they, kind of.
0: Sorry, go ahead. Uh, I, I guess he kind of answered it uh, in 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 both ways. In that, obviously, the audience wouldn't have um, been okay with him sacrificing one for real. But by saving MJ first, he was able to kind of answer that question. "Is like, which one would you ultimately save? He obviously chose mm-hmm. her first. Yeah, I suppose. So. But the great part is when they both fall in each of his mirrored yeah. eyes,
1: you see one of them that are falling. That was a cool shot.
2: Yeah. 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 Even the shot where he's running and it's falling behind him as he runs to save MJ is a pretty cool shot, too.
1: Yeah. What do um, yeah. we got here? Uh, uh, he catches both It tells him Jay to climb. This is a whole thing. He saves them both. <laughs> he saves yeah. them both. It's what, <laughs> it's what happens. I mean, I can just go through what, plot-wise what happens, but this is... Uh,
2: yeah, um, some of the 9/11 reshoots, the post 9/11 reshoots, were that part with the the, the people like you mess with one of us, you mess with all of us, all that New York. That's stuff was, great, like, that actually, added,
1: and yeah. I can see that because there's a part where he looks like he's done for, and then out of nowhere, I'm like, wait, hang on, Harry doesn't Harry doesn't do this till the third movie. So which who's coming in here? And it's the people of New York. They are a spirit. Um, New York strong. Um, the final fight, they get into another like abandoned warehouse type thing. Spider-Man's taken out by a grenade that takes off half his mask and allows us to see Peter as vulnerable. We can visually see him suffering, which is the problem when your hero is wearing a mask. Uh, Iron Man will get around it by shooting inside the mask. Uh, on tony's face but for the most part this is what you need to do is you got to sort of distress the mask in the third act and spidey's getting owned by goblin and he's done and if goblin can resist the urge to monologue it's over (laughs) but he's like now i'm gonna make sure that i really take my time with mj and make her life miserable and spider-man hulks up brings a fake looking wall down on goblin uh, he returns with the hand rising through the rubble <laughs> is that an evil dead thing
0: I believe so I yes it so could he, be yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, mean, I've seen a lot of places besides evil dead, it does so. it, I mean it's kind of a yeah. horror
1: movie trope in general where you have that happen but um, Norman reveals who he is and tries to play the sympathy card but the whole time we can, I don't know, is Spider-Man aware of this? Cause he's just obviously summoning his glider. He's trying to manipulate him with this father relationship. But the whole time he's like hitting switches and <laughs> don't look at my arms. <laughs> And he goes, I can be like a father. He goes, I have a father. And his name is Ben Parker. And the glider has his blades out behind him. And just like we saw with Flash, he can sense it. He goes ahead, does a backflip, and it impales Norman, whose dying words are, don't tell Harry. Uh, Spider-Man brings Norman home, puts him back in his family bed. That's going to be weird to explain. Um, Harry sees Spider-Man. Now I know he's only there for a moment, but half of Spider Man's face is out. You know what I'm saying? Like this looks like this looks like Peter Parker in a Spider Man suit.
0: <laughs> it was quick enough to where I would say adrenaline mixed with just the you know the 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 um the time at which he actually had eyes on between him grabbing yeah. what was a gun or a knife or something to actually looking back at it. I, I it was all mixed up. I'm sure. I'm sure he filled in the blanks with it was Spider Man it's shadowed
1: uh we go we go to the funeral and uh and um peter's trying to be there for uh for harry i've you know i've been here i know what it's like it it never helps when someone's like i've been okay great this is a competition i'm here now all right i pre in a couple of in in a week ready to talk about it yeah great but right now not it's not helping it's not um and he goes, uh, He goes. I hate, I'm going to get my revenge. I'm going to get it on Spider-Man. But thank God you're here, Peter. You're the only family I have left now. And uh, Peter, and you don't know at first if Peter's telling himself, if he's telling someone else, if he's telling Uncle Ben. But the idea that those who are close to him will always be the ones who pay. And MJ confesses her love for Peter. And she kisses him so you know she's really making her way around the circle of friends um the voiceover continues he's like i would have done anything to have told her that i loved her too but he says i can't do that i'll always be your friend she goes only a friend peter parker that's all i have to give and he walks away And it is show, don't tell, but it was like she holds her lips and looks after him. It's like there was a speech about going, I remember who kissed me like that. But Peter says, with great power comes great responsibility. This is my gift. This is my curse. Who am I? I'm Spider-Man. And we get, I don't know if it was my big TV, but man, those closing credits made my eyes go twitchy. (laughs)
2: um i will say the last shot of the movie with is the first shot they developed for the sequels for spider-man 2 the spider cam that like flies through on the crane that was the last shot of the movie the only shot that uses the new camera technology like this like it's like a basically like a big sky cam they use for like the football games they strung a you know a wire across down all the city and did all these swoops but only the last shot of the movie had it but the second movie it's all over the place i've got a
1: whole note on that it took 18 months to create that one shot completely cg they they started on it when production began and it was the very last shot completed on the film there you go Uh, a couple more things green goblin has the highest body count of any spider-man villain with 12 uh mysterio matches it so but so but uh um, yeah i guess so Uh, but all of mysterios are just faceless nobodies at least there's some sort of reason for uh defoe's right. body count uh there was almost uh, a cameo in this film uh they almost had permission somehow to get logan slash wolverine from x-men in the film oh. but they couldn't locate uh the costume that he used in x-men so they couldn't uh use him in it what? that, that what was I the plan i found that on many many different uh resources for that uh, it was almost given an R rating by the MPAA due to the intensity of the final fight between Spider Man and the Green Goblin. Ultimately, it went to a PG 13 for stylized violence and action. In the UK, the opposite happened where they gave it a 12. And people were like, why are you giving it such a – 12 means 12 years old. Um, people were like, why are you giving such a high rating? It's Spider-Man. It should be younger. And so uh, they actually – they said, look, we could have given this a 15 was the response. Eventually – I don't know how I, – I, I'm really stunned to see this. But certain areas, including North Norfolk, which is right where I live, uh, apparently gave um it changed it to a PG, which just means parental guidance like it would in the States. Um so eventually they went for something called a twelve A, which means yeah, uh twelve year olds can watch it with a member uh with 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 an adult. I guess similar to what an R would be. Yeah, you can whereas an R rating is children can watch it no, if they have just- an adult present. Um in the UK it's that that's not the case at all. Uh, you, you can't walk okay, so in with I'm your through.
2: kid just to confirm so if you're 12 if you're 13 years old and you go alone you can't see it without an adult or if you're under no, no, 12 you're you can still okay so it's like a so, PG 13 so, so yeah, it's, like a PG. 13. Well,
1: it's different in the sense that if it's a, if it's a 12 if you go with your parent you still can't go see it if you're 11 years old oh so if it's rated 12 really. it means we don't think it's appropriate for a 12 year old i don't care if your parents with you or not 12 a wow. means yeah come see it with your with your with your parent huh. If, well, if, a 15, if you're is a, is well, a 15 and a parent f- 15 and 18, or just, you have to be 15. You have to be 18. I don't care if your parents really? with you or not. Yeah. Huh?
0: That So
2: I could fl- go see Terminator two theoretically. If I was a kid in the UK. Absolutely. When I was, when it came out.
1: Absolutely. That's right. What? Yeah oh yeah. wow I yeah it was- so i mean it's all changing to a degree because streaming how do you police that right like like it's all yeah. out there it's not going to happen i mean but none and if you still go see movies at the cinema there is still that gatekeeper there yeah wow uh a solemn note a welder building sets for the movie he was killed on march 6 2001 when a crane toppled onto the construction basket which he was riding and struck him in the head so that's uh yeah, that's, that's the sort of stuff we, we don't like to hear about in movies, but unfortunately it does happen from time to time. And uh, yeah, but one last note on Willem Dafoe—he had such a great time during filming. He offered to return for Spider-Man Two and asked if they could write him in somewhere. Uh, Sam Raimi took him up on the offer, and they did one day of filming to shoot Norman Osmond's cameo for Other People's Dreams and Memories, and that is great. And then the film ends. We get some closing credits, and Hero by Chad Kruger from Nickelback and Josie Scott from Saliva play, and I forgot how much of a banger that song was. I. Re- <laughs> Ah, <laughs> oh, I'm not a big Nickelback guy, but that song had some had some had some punch to it. I really like it.
2: Still in the day where we could have like they had the music video. Music like video Spider-Man was huge the for Nickelback that. Playing on the roof. Yeah, like, playing, yeah. I am
1: <laughs> so oh, it was a oh, it was so good. Back when music videos were were relevant. Yeah, yeah this is
2: the later yeah. age of it too. Yeah. This is, this is the last hurrah for the music video. Yeah. Everything leading yeah, up to... Is there to- like a big movie after this that has a tie-in song like that with the music video? I can't think of one. Oh,
0: not off the top of my head. Something with Will Smith, probably.
2: <laughs>
0: um, <laughs> I had to do it. When was Wild Wild West? I don't
2: remember the iRobot song. Get that <laughs> wild wild Get
1: that wild movie's World. name out of your damn mouth. <laughs> All right. So we've hit that... Oh we're in the end game. We're on the end game now, maybe a truncated end game because there's a few th- there's still got a whole bunch of stuff we got to get done. To a random word, Jay, would you be so kind to give us a random word from this film? It's oh, on the
2: spot over here. Um,
1: um, it's just random. Does it doesn't have to apply that much
0: to it. Just just anything. Maybe our lord and savior
2: I'll you know, come. I'll I, come. The word come. is long. I want to say like phrases and stuff like that, you know. But uh, occasionally, Liam does guess, two
0: words. But uh, I can come back to
1: you
2: if you want. Come, come back to me. I'm sorry, I'm ruining the, the show. Now no, you're fine.
1: Uh, budget <laughs> for this film is 139 million dollars. What do we think it took? What do we think it took at the box
0: office? Uh, Hermie, should we start with you? It was successful. So. Uh, Let's just say, let's just make it easy. Say double that, at least two.
2: I know what I already know what it did. This I opened to 114 million dollars, broke the opening weekend record, and finished, I believe, a little over 400 domestic. Oh, uh,
1: domestic, yeah. World, worldwide, it comes in at 800. 821.7, yeah. yeah. It does 404.5 domestic. It was the first film to pass the 100 million dollar mark in a single weekend. Even if you adjust for inflation, it would still hold up um it also set the record in the fewest amount of days three days it was sony's highest grossing film domestically until 2018 when it was passed by jumanji welcome to the jungle and by signing on for two sequels toby mcguire secured himself a paycheck of 26 million dollars did you hear when he tried to lie to uh to, to sony about a back problem no and they briefly canned him, and we're going to hire Jake Gyllenhaal, and he had to apologize to Sony Pictures, and then he got to come back? No. For yeah.
2: four,
0: no eight, I do for remember no that was all.
2: a discussion, and also they make fun of it in Entourage. There's a whole thing where As a, <laughs> Vincent Chase stars in Aquaman, and then Aquaman 2, he's going to get replaced by Jake Gyllenhaal.
1: So. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> uh, was nominated for two Oscars, both technical. Uh, whose story is it? I mean, it's, it's Peter's story in it. Yeah. 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 Uh, Do we have a random word yet, Jay?
2: Responsibility.
1: Responsibility. There we go, folks. Responsibility for your GIF of the week. Hit us with your GIF of the week. Um, What is the story here? Is it it just as simple as with great power comes great responsibility? Is that it?
2: Um, It's a very simple origin story. Like I said, the Goblin's playing. He's just concerned with Spider-Man. I don't know why he still is bothered by Spider-Man so much yet. Then he really needs to take him out. But... The goal well, is not his company or other stuff, but it. It. yeah. So I don't know, there's not, it's just becoming who he is. I guess it's more, it's just Peter's story of learning to become a man. And this is all just a metaphor for growing up, obviously.
1: um, Role of women, Um, uh, if, if I may, sucks.
0: I didn't know there was a role for them. It, it, it's it,
1: women are trophies. <laughs>
0: screaming <laughs> yeah, scream aunt, a lot aunt may is a good character and that's it
2: aunt may is a but good she's not ca- even in this one that much aunt like, may is a, sequel, a good character really good
1: she doesn't hit it until number two and number three you're right she's just kind of the person who uncle ben talks to and then peter talks at and her role is to come in and go peter stop blaming yourself he loved even you
0: she screams even she's a screamer so yeah i don't even know if she gets that <laughs> i one. laughed
1: so hard <laughs> at the at the lord's prayer scene i did finish it <laughs> those <laughs> eyes <laughs> those yellow eyes um favorite character favorite character you can do favorite performance if you want to distinguish it that way but yeah
0: i, I think it, we're all going to say the same one aren't we william defoe goblin <laughs> yeah What's my favorite character though Favorite <sighs> Still my favorite maybe. character he's my favorite character oh he's a
1: favorite character if anything my favorite performance might be different i mean defoe's great defoe's fantastic i want to give some love to franco i think he's actually really good in this
2: yeah we didn't really talk about him he's he's, he's got that good early 2000s smug rich boy I mean, when, attitude
1: at, at the start of the movie it's like like most james franco straight roles is that he just seems like he's really sleepy but then when he starts to turn to be a bit of to be a bit of an ass um but yeah, but there's levels there, and it's not it's not a toggle switch. It's not on off. There's definitely a spectrum which he's traveling down. Mm-hmm. Also, audible mention to me He's a cartoon, but Jay Jonah Jameson's fantastic.
2: Oh yeah, <laughs> I mean, he's a standout.
1: The hard part is you have this romantic couple, and I don't really care for either of them. No, just say yeah. it. Just say it. Uh, best moment. Best element. If you guys can hear me, I've just pulled out my headphones. Um, just give me a second here. No problem. There, I'm back in the room. I'm back in the room. Sorry, best moment, best element. Um Hermes, you wanna start off?
0: Best moment. Um uh, I'm gonna give it to Randy Savage. Uh, <laughs> with uh, three <laughs> minutes of playtime. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go with go. the climb. Oh we go, sorry. No, no, you're good,
2: you're good. Did you say the climb when he climbs the wall? Okay, so, that's my that's classic. Music shot.
1: Wonderful. Oh ironically my best moments the lord's prayer (laughs) the goblin coming in the wall if i'm being if it's if it's not ironically um i'm gonna go with i don't know if i have it um it's gonna sound really weird uncle ben's car going around that corner when he's got the regret he's got the regret, and I have the regret and I know he's gone too far and, and and by that point it's too late you can see the he can see it's like you can see you can't see the wind you can see the effects of the wind but you can't see the wind and it's kind of the car is becomes now the embodiment in a sense of Uncle Ben, but it's already it's turning it's turning a corner it's it's weird it's it's a strange thing to say but i I really do like that moment. Yeah. yeah you can't
2: catch it you can't yeah.
0: you can't stop it Oh,
2: but 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 you but you can watch it leave you right yeah yeah mm-hmm. uh best times the subtlest moments are the best that stick with us the most you know
1: yeah. uh my my favorite element of the film though would be oh probably if it's not the performance of willem Dafoe, and it's the music of danny elfman
2: music. Oh, i will agree with that 100 percent. that's probably my favorite part of the movie actually is the music if we are being honest
0: yeah iconic yeah absolutely uh, grum- okay.
1: grumble, a grumble, a complaint, a part where we allow ourselves to feel snippy at the, uh, at the product or at the filmmaker who shall not be named.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've already mentioned it a few times, but I think as much as I enjoy the film, like after you kind of, you become Spider-Man, you get the montage and maybe the festival, it's enjoyable, but there's nothing like what's the goals of the, or the mission of the movie uh, it doesn't really have that and I think it kind of you know lacks in that regard
1: Is it possible the goal of this film is just for him to get with MJ because that's clearly his, his motivation from the start of the movie onward and mm-hmm. then the big thing is he gets the chance to be with MJ and he says no now every the, the sad part is he all that stuff's almost an accident to everything that happens around him and we just keep checking in on this relationship.
0: Yeah, no, I I, I don't disagree, but I also don't know. I think it it, in the same vein that Jay, I think you're hitting at there is it's almost you know what needs to happen, but you don't know exactly how to do it. You know, you know, it needs to be an origin story. You know, some action has to happen. You know, this love story has to happen. You know, all of these things have to happen contractually obligated, but it's kind of not exactly executed in the best way is how I would describe my grumble with it is I, I don't, I can't point to one specific scene or one specific performance or anything specific mm. there, but as a whole, I would say it was just a, uh, you know, a, like a weird mix of things that at times just, it was, the, whether it was the exposition or whether it was the campiness of it, or, you know, uh, there's just certain parts that just didn't quite execute correctly.
2: A little style over substance a little bit
0: yeah yeah.
1: Uh, I'm going to go with I said before lack of nuance uh, it's saved by the performance of three of the actors um, who managed to sort of make it more than it than it probably should have been in that regard but uh, that, I mean the scope of this movie is actually massive as well it's a high school movie it's also a starting you know college university movie it's, it's, it's coming of age store it, it, it's, it's a million things with, with a little wrestling thing in the middle of it but um, I think it's you know, what's your one adjective? That's who you are. Mm-hmm. And and thank God for Willem Dafoe, uh, J.K. Simmons, and James Franco, who actually managed to find find uh, a, a more organic path to places mm-hmm. in those.
2: How long do you think this movie takes place over? Because we actually see them graduate high school, then he goes yep. in with Harry. I mean, there's a lot of relationships that start and stop, so it's like nine months a year. They, I don't know. Like, they don't do the
1: usual markers where you go, let's have like, holidays go by so we can pass time kind of in a nice organic way
2: um,
0: thanksgiving.
2: yeah thanksgiving is the one but they don't oh thanks sorry yeah you're right thanksgiving. so i like guess they graduate so if they graduate like june thanksgiving is a decent amount of time later November. i guess
1: so yeah yeah i'd say six to nine months yeah i guess so hmm. um at what point did they stop taking you on field trips yeah <laughs> But it's to a university, uh, that, so maybe yeah. it's like, hey, some of you some of you might have applied to Columbia. <laughs> yeah, like if not, day. tough luck. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, anybody's best role ever? Just the best thing anybody's done?
2: I don't know about the best, but I think it's J.K. No. Simmons' most memorable thing
0: um, to no, the general audience. Whip, no, Whiplash, Whiplash, for sure. Haven't seen for Whiplash. Love him, love him like, in Juno. Love it. Juno is another good show yeah i
1: think it's the best thing i've seen
0: willem dafoe in lighthouse haven't seen it damn it ian what podcast do you do i know Uh, i know
1: (laughs) (laughs) opportunities for people to go ahead and jump in and give me uh and and, and give me something i haven't seen before i love i love doing a movie i haven't seen before um yeah um it's it's the challenge to do something like this actually is do you do for the uh the little independent film that uh is highly regarded but like five people will download it
2: sure. <laughs> or, or or like or, northwood pie
1: <laughs> <laughs> northwood pie actually is the download numbers are all right comparatively speaking oh, that
2: makes me feel yeah. good there you go yeah
1: um and uh, uh and then you've got conversely, you know, do you do the the big Spider-Man movie where you go, look, people are going to be talking about it, and your numbers are great. But you're going, we're kind of going a little bit off brand, aren't we? But then again, the question is, that's the whole gimmick is that, that's that's Liam's side of it is the idea that you know I'm I'm kind of the 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 film teacher guy, and he's Joe Public, and mm-hmm. can we not be so snobby, or can I not be so snobby that you know there's no reason why the best film in the world ever can't be Spider-Man if it's done really well. So let's see if it's, if it's on that. It won't be Paddington 2, I'll tell you that much. But, you know, it could be, it could be, it could be Spider-Man too. <laughs> Who knows? Um, I'm going to skip the age game this week just because I think we're running long. So I will say this, though. Elizabeth Banks, we said she was too old to play Mary Jane. Um, she was 27, which is less than two years older than Tobey Maguire at this point. Uh, Kirsten yeah. Dunst was 18. Oh really Really? Really? yeah seven years younger so she's 27 mcguire's 25 or 26 dunst is 19 or 18 yeah it's just because she's had that long career in hollywood because of the vampire and things like that we just kind of go oh she must have been older than that by this point not yet not yet so uh if we take a look at some of the talk from some of the critics um we i mean 90 percent the 90 percent are rotten tomatoes you know what i mean like this you know it's not a well, we'll talk about that in a minute. Seven point four on IMDB, but nine percent of rotten tomatoes. What was that, um, Hermes? I
0: was just saying say nothing to hate. Like ninety no. percent of rotten tomatoes means that there's just not anything glaring. That's it's the po- also- Go ahead. Tough,
2: like in a time like that, like today, everything is ninety percent comic book movies. But back then, that's Pirates of the Caribbean got us seventy-something percent. The Mummy was Rotten in nineteen ninety-nine. Yeah. So, like to get ninety percent in two thousand two for superhero movies, really good. Uh,
1: yeah. Lay Le- yeah. Patch or Lee Patch from the Herald Sun in Australia said a perfectly cast Toby Maguire leads from the front with a surprisingly textured performance for a blockbuster, and the backup he receives from co-stars Kirsten Dunst, Willem Dafoe, and the electric direction of Sam Raimi is equal effective richard corliss from time magazine said "In emphasizing angst over energy the movie is much like its hero not the dashing crime fighter in a red and black bodysuit but the introspective nerd who both endears and exasperate, ex- exasperates uh, and then finally my we try to work him in every all the time uh, roger ebert Oops. Thank you. I was hoping you would. <laughs> Says, imagine Superman with a Clark Kent more charismatic than the Man of Steel, and you understand where Spider Man goes wrong. Toby McGuire is pitch perfect as the socially, I'm going to use a different word, uh, socially underdeveloped Peter Parker. But when he comes, uh, but when he becomes Spider-Man, the film turns to action sequences that zip along like perfunctory cartoons. Not even during Spidey's first experimental outings do we feel that flesh and blood are contending with gravity. Spidey soars too quickly through the skies of Manhattan. He's as convincing as Mighty Mouse. I have one question about the Peter Parker character. Does the movie go too far with his extreme social paralysis? Peter tells Mary Jane he just wants to be friends. Only a friend, she repeats. That's all I have to give, he says. How so? Impotent? Question mark. Spidey sense has skewered his sexual instincts? Question mark. Afraid his hands will get stuck? Question mark. And that's where he leaves it on a two and a half out of four star rating. So, middling ground. Middling ground. From... um. Mr. Ebert. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and hit up what some of the peeps said, uh, over on our Patreon. Do I have yours in here? I wonder, um, think you do because this was impromptu I wasn't planning to be here for that's this. true so if I get to yours uh, it's yours yours is the first one so I'll skip that cheesy says when I first watched it blew my tiny mind but after years of superhero movies becoming more and more epic I looked back at spider-man not thinking it was great watch it today though it still holds up as a decent comic book movie McGuire plays the nerd come hero well and defoes an amazing bit of casting but dunst is irritating the whole way through which drags the mark down uh Nate the Great says this was the movie that made me fall in love with Spider-Man the cinematography is beautiful the acting is superb and the action scenes are really well done will always be weird to see mid 20 year olds trying to play a high schoolers it's far from a perfect movie but it's a really solid superhero from the early 2000s I'll say this Nate I just saw Liam try and play a high schooler and he's north of 40 so we'll just call that one <laughs> this NCD and Davey says misery 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 I haven't watched this in years and remember it being better it's a good origin story but there's lots that annoyed me what happened to those 15 spiders can anyone get bitten and get powers how the hell do those web shooters work lots of great performances but it's the weakest film of the three versions for me i liked the very moon night mirror scene and willem defoe's the best thing in the film <laughs> uh katie mccray says i sound
2: like a child who who still saw moon Knight before spider-man
1: <laughs> <laughs> you hear that the uh katie McRae says all respect all respect superhero movies are not my favorite but this movie was good for what it was the casting was good toby mcguire is a fantastic choice for spider-man he's convinced as a nerdy teenager with a crush on mj kirsten dunst who actually looks pretty good with red hair I believe Toby was actually 26 or so question mark. Pretty accurate. Toby was endearing and believable. I should say though what I prefer Tom Holland and the humor written of a later Spider-Man movie starring Holland. Willem the Foe is a great villain as the Green Goblin. He really gives me the creeps. The special effects seem great in 2002 in my opinion. I loved watching Spidey moving from building to building with the Spidey powers. I remember our kids thought it was cool that they came out with Spider-Man gloves that sprayed out Silly String or whatever that stuff was. I was a Especially moved at the end when peter decides to protect mj from the truth true love sigh back in 2002 i remember seeing this movie on a big screen in the movie theater and it was an entertaining way to spend a summer evening a great example of a summer blockbuster Oh, and her husband, Reverend Bruce, says, I'm not a huge fan of superhero movies. We liked Tom Holland the Superman better, and No Way Home was amazing with all three Spider-Men in it. But this Spider-Man in 2002 was a good start to the franchise. It was fun to see an over-the-top performance by J.K. Simmons and a totally creepy Willem Dafoe, and also to see a young Kirsten Dunst as Mary Jane. We loved her work in Power of a Dog, along with real-life partner Jesse Plemons. Katie and I call Jesse Plemons the poor man's Matt Damon. Actually, that's a fair shout. Check it out. In the midst of all the swinging around New York City, we, saw, we see Tobey McGuire as an average, awkward kid. He's very endearing, and the heart of this movie is a nice love story with Spidey and Mary Jane. It was comically funny to hear the closing song by Nickelback. I will correct you there, Reverend Bruce. It's not Nickelback. It's just Chad Kruger from Nickelback with Josie Scott. It's just a little bit of an all-star band. It is not Nickelback. Hashtag Canada. Hashtag Ian's always right. Um, where are we at here? Uh, it was pure drivel then and absolute crap now, but I won't hold that against an otherwise fun film. Uh, the crap would be Nickelback in his perspective. Uh, and then we've got Juline, who says, uh, the movie was okay, but it's not my favorite of the franchise. It was just kind of a meh of a good way to kill a few hours. Uh oh my word! I still have a oh I got a double. What do I have a double person on this? I have no idea. But they say I hadn't seen this too. I don't know who this is. I do a Paul. Oh, it's Dwayne Smith. Oh, sorry, help me out, Hermes. I said this was Dwayne Smith.
0: Okay. Oh yeah, Dwayne Smith. There we are. Thank you. I had to prep myself.
1: <laughs> I hadn't seen this since 2002, but I did give it a rewatch this weekend. It seemed a little dated in 2002, but I am aware it was hugely important to get us to where we are now. Without this, we wouldn't have the current Spider-Man, even though there would have been many false starts to get us there. It feels like an old-school comic book film. It's cheesy in a lot of places, and some of the CGI looks dated. If I were Peter, I might have tried that first swing from a little lower down. I like Tobey Maguire's Peter Parker, but he does feel a little bit old to be playing a teenager, as does Kirsten Dunst. Sorry, she He's like 18, dude. Uh, also as SJ. I think you mean MJ, sir. Also, Toby's Peter Parker is a little bit geeky, which I don't think is the correct portrayal. Um, I hadn't actually thought about it until today, but why are Uncle Ben and Aunt May portrayed as so old? Surely if they were an aunt and uncle, they would have been younger. Overall, I like this, but we have had much better since. I'm giving it a, and they've, I'm leaving that kind of blank for now. Question. Who's the
0: best Spider-Man? Toby McGuire. I said it in my review, and I will die on that hill. Hmm. Depends on what's okay. asked of people.
2: Like, you know, so I like Toby. I grew up with Toby. I think Tom is more in line with like he's a teenager, it's a kid, it's like but you have to work your way there. Um so but you know, I'm I'm a I'm a Toby fan. I grew up with Toby, he's my Spider Man. Um but I think if I was a kid today, I would like Tom Holland the most, no doubt. And I think Tom Holland's probably the most like the comic or most maybe closest to the source material. So, yeah. but you know, yeah, I like, I, that I
1: like time. Tom the best. I do. Uh, I said, I always struggle with Toby. As Spider- I think I like Toby. I like Spider-Man in Spider-Toby or engage with the Spider-Man movies in Spider-Toby. Uh, Tom Holland gave me, yeah, I think what I felt like the comic book feels, like, it feels like if you gave a teenager a suit, yeah. this is how he'd act. Mm-hmm. So as opposed yeah. to Toby, My he gets name- the suit and acts like he's like 30. Mm-hmm.
0: So yeah, that's true. I think I think a Spider Man was Toby, and and again I I'm biased in that he was my first Spider Man, so I will always say he is my like you said Jay, he's my Spider Man. Mm-hmm. But is he the best Spider Man to actually answer Ian's question? Uh, yeah, I would I you know I don't I, everybody's got to say Holland. You know he he is of the right age. You know he's of the right uh, sensibility in terms of how mm-hmm. he would react to it. I I totally agree with that, but. I will still die on that hill Toby till the end of the time team Toby.
2: I think Toby struggles more. I think that's the thing. Like, and it's the thing when you grow up with something too, like I've watched me so many times that the new Spider-Man are fun, but like in far from home, for example, his whole problem. And he's so mad. is like, I don't want to bring my suit. It's so tiring being Spider-Man and it's, it's very light, but an art in Spider-Man too with Toby, it's like, yeah. We see how hard he's making effort to try and juggle his life. And it's just so hard to do. It's hard to juggle Mary Jane, his family, his friends, his work, and going to school. And we feel for him. So then when you feel like he wants to quit Spider-Man. But in, the, you know, in Far From Home, he's like, uh, I just want a vacation. So it's just, like, there's yeah. something less depth about when I watch the new ones. that They're enjoyable and fun. And again, maybe more like the comics. But having seen the other ones 50 times and watched them from nine years old on, it's hard to take that level of... Uh, cinematic drama in that it presents itself as at least for me oh absolutely absolutely
0: especially when he's eating that hot dog and he's like oh thank god you know you've ever been on a day off from work and you're like thank when your phone rings you're like well thank god i'm not there right now (laughs) that sounds awful (laughs) i have that feeling every time when i see that hot dog scene he's like oh glad i'm not on duty right now yeah (laughs) and i I totally i totally resonate with that with what you're saying there jay is like it's it's certainly a, a level of depth for that tom holland's at least the script that Tom Holland's playing with doesn't have.
2: Yeah, I mean Tom Holland can do all the stunts and gymnastics you see the behind the scenes of the new one he's doing flips off cars and jumps I mean it's incredible I mean he is Spider-Man as a human being so you got to give him that. Absolutely. Absolutely
1: so I gave some shout out obviously those were our Patreon backers who just uh, had theirs a shorter one from people who follow us over on the Twitter I put the fleece house as usual is Spider-Man a great film good film okay film or poor film 44% say good film 41% say great film. So 85% are saying good or better is this the nostalgia bus maybe i think it might be a little bit come on (laughs) um resident posty hey 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 mr postman russell osborne says this isn't anything to do with the movie as such so i'm not expecting you to read it out but i thought i'd share well this has gone backwards for you hasn't it i was (laughs) watching the quiz yesterday for 10 minutes the very first question you mentioned cursed and dunst and the automatic subtitles converted it to cursed and dunced well thank you for sharing that uh my sister goes another family movie night and Kara joined us for the watch party uh that's good uh i still get to do a watch party on um on on any sort of medium so i don't really know how they work um how much fun it was to watch and get oliver's reaction as a child Yeah, that guy's first reaction is a child. And uh, and first time watch, I despised Dunst and found the acting of both Franco and Can't Cry Worth a Damn McGuire to be painful. Defoe <laughs> was creepy as always, so at least he delivered. Pick is of Oliver's reaction with when Green Goblin was revealed in the mirror. It's I'm looking very confused. <laughs> They're the same person. Both kids laughed at the ending, so I don't feel they've been traumatized yet. Also, Spidey now lives with us. Hint, Oliver is Spider-Man. All right. That's good to know, Kirst. Thanks a lot. Um, the Namely 90s podcasts say it paved the way for modern Marvel films. The sequel is superior. No question for me on that one. And I had a massive crush on Kirsten Dunst growing up, watching her on that TNG episode. Kirsten Dunst is on an episode of TNG? Hmm. Wow. Uh, Jumanji, Small Soldiers, Bring It On, and then this. Danny Elfman's soundtrack Slaps. Our Aussie friends, let's talk about this. A great film, even if just for the tray catching scene alone. Uh, Our resident Posty Russell is back. We saw it a couple years ago. I do remember thinking it looks slightly dated in parts, but thanks to Raimi's direction, McGuire's likable Parker and Defoe's Goblin, uh, it remains a hugely enjoyable experience. How can you not enjoy a movie that has Bruce Campbell and Macho Man Randy Savage sharing a scene together? And does comment on how great the name Osborne is, I think probably because it's his surname as well. Ed from the Film effects says, ever since I saw it in the theater, I always felt there was something missing that I could never put my finger on. I'm going to rewatch this week before I listen to your episode and see how it holds up. And finally, your next favorite movie, Josh, says, this movie was huge when it came out. It was the first time I'd ever pre-purchased tickets, and that was a good thing because it sold out. That being said, it's good, but not great. The sequel lifts it to that category. So thank you very much. Lots of feedback as tends to happen when we do something on the nostalgia train, nostalgia bus, and nostalgia vessel of choice. Fill it in here. Um, so just before we give our ratings, nah, maybe if you like this movie, we'd like to say, you know, here's some other movies that you should, uh, that you should see. I don't know. I mean, if you like this movie, go watch the Spider-Man film. Go watch the, the, the old school Marvel film. Go watch X-Men. X-Men's a good piece of fun around this time. It's actually no bad. And if you want to see Tobin, Magu- yeah, Tobe Maguire in some stuff that's not as commercial or not as mainstream, we've heard a vote for the Cider House Rules. I've said check out uh, the Wonder Boys or Wonder Boys. I guess it's just Wonder Boys. Um, I don't know, Jay. Any any other recommendations close to this?
2: Pleasantville. See, different movies, but have a Toby. Good films. Pleasantville. Yep.
1: I can't see out there. Yeah, um, <laughs> I forgot he was in Pleasantville. Actually, so there we go. Um, outside of that, now it's just time for our ratings, our ratings. Hermes, why don't you start us off, buddy? Cause I, I skipped yours on the Patreon reading, obviously. So go ahead.
0: I've, uh, I've spoken my piece here, so <laughs> I don't need to re- rehash what I wrote down on the Patreon, but I, I'd give it a, a solid seven for not only nostalgia, um, maybe bias, but bec- it, it really, it did start a, a trend, you know, it started and it laid the groundwork for, for uh comic books in a in a major way i know i know there were comic book movies that came before it that helped out you know in in bridging that gap and hitting the mainstream but this was the one that did it to to the masses where it was huge it was you know uh it was the one that everybody saw and that everybody's talking about it hit pop culture in so many different ways you know technically you know i i, I always i always i always uh lean back on that like technical side or financial side or you know whatever it is that that the pop culture you know uh, um derives its, its opinions from but this one for me again team Toby I'll, I'll always be team Toby.
1: Hermes so are you aware that you've changed your grade since when you put it on the on, on the Patreon earlier
0: I am in that I well I, I I'm aware of this because okay, I'm just checking. I went back and, I went back and forth for the longest time and <laughs> I didn't know if I wanted to go the full-fledged up or huh? or what it should probably be which I believe it probably should be a seven. All right Jay Salahi. Now, here's the question. Well, I don't know. This is
1: the question. I'm, I'm curious to see what, what what you what you think of this for, for for a couple of reasons. Number one, you 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 obviously have a, a personal affinity to this, and you do see this through a different lens than the rest of us do do see this. And you've got Sam Raimi holding you hostage. So all these things are <laughs> going to be very interesting when it comes time to a rating. What do we have here?
2: Um, like I said, I agree with everything he just said. Um, and I also say, I do like that on the show that you always bring people's opinions from Patreon and Twitter. It's nice to hear everyone's thoughts, positive or negative. It's nice to see what everyone else is thinking, especially having just talked about ourselves. It's nice to hear other people's thoughts too. Um, but my opinion, um, yeah, I'm a, I give it a 7.5. So I'm just right there on the in between what I would consider. You know, good and great. I guess you would say. Um, definitely nostalgia. Um, I definitely enjoy like the pacing, and not only is it nostalgic for the movie, but you know, and this is also just age. You know, we've so many superheroes, there's so many things these days. But I feel like you know they don't make that type of superhero anymore. superhero movies today are a certain type of thing, a lot of reverent or they're very serious and dark. And it's it's nice to go, oh, Spider Man. It was just it's in a different time period. It has a different feeling and a different tone than movies being made today for the most part. And it's sometimes nice to watch uh, something that it dates itself in a way. It's nice to watch something that feels in the early two thousands, not every film you want to feel like it's time period, but sometimes it's nice to watch a film like, Oh, like I watched Top Gun again recently. I'm like, Oh, this feels like the eighties. And it's sometimes it's, it's nice to have that. So 7.5 for me, Not a perfect film. Second one is better, but I still have a lot of nostalgia for it.
1: Uh, I've got something from Ethan who actually said something in here. This is the COVID-riddled Ethan. who goes, what a goofy, fun little superhero film. Don't get me wrong. This isn't like high art cinema or anything, but it doesn't have to be when it's a cornball Raimi flick. Toby's endearing as Peter Parker, and it makes his move moments when uh, Spidey have warmth to them. Uh Willem Dafoe, I'm sure you've all said all the funny meme lines the man is known for in the film, but he's still got a great portrayal of good and evil. Music is great and has a bombastic energy during action scenes. You guys notice how I didn't mention MJ? Yeah, she's definitely the weakest link in this film for me. I don't think it's entirely um, Dunst's performance because I don't think MJ is a character in the film other than Girl Next Door Tee Hee. But other than that, I can't fault the film other than being an absolute wacky time that is charmed throughout. I'm giving it seven and a half up, up and away webs out of ten. So there we go. So we agree where Ethan is. Yeah. And you agree. And so then, uh, it's, it's me. Where am I at here? Uh, I'm going to go with, uh, I'm, I hate to sort of just be lazy and jump on the consensus, but I'm going to, um, I said, I wasn't, I liked it very much the first time I saw it. I like it better now. I like it better now. Um, I think I'm able to see, I think where I was probably singularly hung up on what I'm not that impressed with, which is Tobey Maguire and Kirsten Dunst. And I think I was singularly hung up on that because the film tells me I believe this is what I'm really supposed to care about. Above all, it's the love story. And they really did sort of sort of put that around that. I think it's a love story first and then a comic movie almost second. Um, I think I was able to see performances around it and other elements of it, whether it's cinematography, whether it's, you know, fairly groundbreaking special effects for its time, uh, or it's a trilogy of fantastic performances by, as we said, Simmons, um, Franco, and Defoe. And I think that, and who doesn't love a Macho Man cameo in the middle of a film? I mean, that's just got, it's it's a fun time, and that's okay. Yeah. And um, sometimes this is what you want, is to leave going, Hey, I had a really, really good time. And a couple of key scenes that you can talk about and walk out from. Uh, the second one is by far the better film. Seven and a half. Oh, I don't know. Seven and a half conversations in a mirror with yourself out of ten. So there's me. So really, it's just kind of a... Uh, a Kind of a middling film. Um, the Patreon in the end, Arthur lowered it ever so slightly because I had done the math, and then her, uh, Hermes went and changed his on me. But it comes out around six point eight two five in the wash. It'll be just a little bit below that, maybe closer to six point eight on the nose, and that'll bring our average to it as seven point three three. With it probably going to go down ever so slightly, ever ever so slightly below Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. I don't know if it's worse than Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone straight up
0: i don't know in terms of uh, in terms of um cgi technical like uh, impact on the industry i would say it's slightly below it so i don't know that that's unfair
1: it's hard when something's eight films and it's a book series and it's so closely linked to people's childhoods that it's we literally watched them grow up it's like imagine boyhood but we took eight eight different films to make it
0: oh i don't
2: i give was a- eight when the first Harry Potter came out, when I was 18, when the last movie came out. So I'm that age range.
0: Yeah. See, so I, I am as well. I don't give a rat's, I'm sorry. I'm going give a rat's ass about an orphan kid, rich orphan kid. <laughs> and his friends. I just said it there, but, but, uh, but again, on the technical side of film, it is slightly a better film than the film that is Spider-Man
1: now this is usually where georgia i have to cue her and she has to start her um camera to sort of shoot herself and her reaction to this uh for the for our patreon i'm gonna go ahead and shoot
0: it if you want ian yeah we should
1: just (laughs) we'll just watch your whiskey glass shake so i'm gonna film mine here and go here we are i'm live ready to reveal what next week is it's fairly anticlimactic i think because uh we'll be releasing next week's episode this week's of course you're listening to this if it's day of release on the 26th uh, you'll be listening to the next one on may the 3rd which i may delay a day to may the 4th so that may the 4th be with you and we will be doing the third in the original trilogy return of the jedi so return of the jedi is the film there's a raised whiskey glass from hermes return of the jedi is the film for next week there I've, I've, I've turned off the camera on that one so i can post that so yeah so if people if you I mean talk about hitting the nostalgia button hard although this is the one people turn on isn't it you go yeah new hope was great but the ewoks are crap i like ewoks so stay tuned for more on that next week um, we want to thank our Patreon backers. That's Reverend Bruce, Juline, Hermes, Dwayne Smith, Katie McRae, Ian Davies, Lena Oberholzer, Chris Peterson, Randall Silva, the Yeetmeister, Nate the Great, and Cheesy with a Fish on a Bike for helping keep the lights on here at the Studio of Awesomeness. If you want to, if you want to, in case of emergency, break glass like we did with Hermes here today. Thank you so much, Hermes. You've been an absolute trooper uh, for helping us out here. If you want to help pick a movie, if you want to be involved in helping decide things here at the BFE patreon.com slash bfe we kept it simple for you get in the pool less than five dollars u.s three pounds british gets you in the pool and of course a big special shout out and thank you to jay salahi first thing in the morning in the u.s there getting up and spending three hours with us pretty much here talking a little bit of spider-man i really appreciate your uh your uh capacity to come to, to, to come and join us today
2: Thanks so much for having me. Thanks again for the shout out. And I mean, I always have a great time. And I look forward to one day being on the show again, and yeah, another little shout out you know, if you want to watch Northwood Pie, please uh, check it out on amazon
1: Northwood Pie watch it and then check the check the episode out where actually we, i've never had a situation where i've twice now actually i've had where i've had a filmmaker come on and i 've been able to go tell me about this decision i 'm not sure I get it, or I liked this one. Tell me more about this mm-hmm. and that's that's a really interesting thing and I, you know what you were the first one to ever sort of reach out and go one of the first ones at the very least to go i have made something would you guys go ahead and review it we went ahead and watched it and went yeah well we'll go ahead and do it this is good uh, i've had some who have gotten in touch and we, and we don't do that because it's <laughs> been rubbish <laughs> so the fact that you're 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 sure. sort of within the circle of friends and, and, and you come on and and uh and doing an up here and there it's been brilliant thank you for everything you add to the conversations and dare i say maybe a little more positivity i think I, I can be cynical for the sense of sniping and humor's sake but it's nice to have someone argue the side of sam Raimi, whether it's a gun point or not it was nice to have someone sort of try and yeah. back the movie up
2: my public persona is nicer i gotta keep my uh, my image good right so if you turn <laughs> the podcast off i'm mr negative everywhere i so.
1: think he mentioned <laughs> that last time he had yawn actually so there we go uh, so uh for best film ever uh thanking hermes and thanking jay salahi i've been ian uh, reminding everybody out there Hey, we're in your air holes three to four times a week, and that feels like it's a great amount of power, but we are cognizant at all times that with great power comes great responsibility. We'll catch you on the flippity flap. The
0: flippity-flip-flop.